It's time for Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now let's join your host, Jason Shepard. BYU fans, enjoy this. You enjoyed it when the clock hit zero. You're enjoying it now, and you get to enjoy it for a very long time. Final score from Lavelle Edwards Stadium, BYU 26, Utah 17. The nine-game losing streak is over. Congratulations, Cougar fans. It has been a long time. And you know what? Tonight and tomorrow, you no longer have to have a Utah fan look at you and know that they have won nine in a row over you. That is over. I tweeted it out a few minutes ago. The only win that matters is the last one. And this win belongs to BYU. Lots of stuff to get to. Obviously, we've got post-game press conference interviews that we will get to at some point. Just want to hit on a couple of things, and I know Greg and Riley talked about a few of them. Obviously, when we go into these BYU-Utah games, we talk so much about turnovers and how turnovers play a massive, massive role in the outcome of these games. And over the last 12 years, the nine-game losing streak, Utah has been the team that has done better in terms of forcing turnovers, and not just forcing turnovers, but taking advantage of those turnovers and turning them into points that really hurt BYU. Tonight, BYU did not turn the ball over once. They forced two turnovers, turned into six points. It was an absolutely massive stat to look at for BYU. Also, third downs, and I know Greg was talking about this, 11 of 19, and BYU obviously in third down a lot. But the play calling of Aaron Roderick and putting the offense in the hands of Jaron Hall and this offense did a masterful job tonight. And BYU took advantage of it and came up with some really, really big third down conversions. So just Let's just look at the last 48 hours. Friday, BYU officially gets the invite to the Big 12. Saturday, BYU beats Utah and snaps the nine-game losing streak. I'm not sure for a BYU fan there has been a better 48 hours than what we are currently experiencing now. And I can tell you, as I look over the field here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, the crowd, while it is certainly not as many as it was, say, 10 minutes ago or 15 minutes ago when the game ended, the sheer number of BYU fans decked out head-to-toe in royal blue is impressive to say the least. I think everybody, if you were watching the game, I know I saw it on Twitter. Somebody had tweeted out once the game was over, Kalani Satake jumping up and down and pumping his fists, which I know gets everybody excited. What a great job by this BYU coaching staff to have these players ready to be able to play at a level like they did tonight. Coming up next for BYU now, they get ready for Arizona State. We will go over some of the other scores in college football, including the Arizona State Sun Devils, who will be here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium next Saturday night. We'll go over all those when we come back in just a moment. But before that, I do want to make sure that uh, I let you know that when BYU wins, you win with Papa John's Pizza. Remember, use the online promo code BYU50, that's BYU50, at papajohns.com this coming Monday and receive 50% off pizza. This offer is good at any Utah location Monday 
only. Coming up on the other side, scores from a very busy day. Week two of college football. We'll go over all those. Plus, there's a chance to get down to the press conference room. We will do that as well. Enjoy it, Cougar fans. BYU gets the win. They are 2-0 and on the season. 26-17, your final score. Cougars over the Utes on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Football seed. This is Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Jason Shepard. Welcome back to Lavelle Edwards Stadium, coming to you from the Built Bar broadcast booth, high above the field here in Provo, Utah, enjoying the scene as Cougar fans running up and down, hugging family and friends, playing catch with the football, soaking in the victory that was BYU's 26-17 victory over the rival University of Utah. Let's update you on other action going on right now in top 25 college football. And who knows, next week we may find out that BYU has found its way into the top 25. We'll obviously have to wait till next week to find that out. But number 14, USC is in trouble. In fact, this is all but done. 50 seconds to go in the fourth quarter. Stanford is going to upset 14th-ranked USC by a score of 42-20. That is the score now of 50 seconds to go. Finals. Mentioned Arizona State will be here in Provo next Saturday. The Sun Devils ranked 23rd. They defeat UNLV by 27 points. 37-10 is the final score. Number one, Alabama over Mercer, 48-14. Quite frankly, I'm a little surprised Mercer scored two touchdowns. Georgia over UAB, 56-7. The the biggest game of the day, uh, obviously, if you were not a BYU or a Utah fan, was number 12, Oregon, at number three, Ohio State. Ducks getting the win on the road, 35-28. Fourth-ranked Oklahoma. This score is just unbelievable. 76 to nothing over Western Carolina. Number five, Texas A&M defeating Colorado in Boulder, 10 to seven. Number six, Clemson, 49. South Carolina State, three. Cincinnati, one of the other newest members of the Big 12 Conference, along with BYU, defeats Murray State, 42 to seven. Notre Dame in action today. Defeating Toledo by three, 32-29 is the final score. Iowa winning at Iowa State, 27-17. ESPN's College Game Day in attendance for that one this morning. Number 11, Penn State defeats Ball State, 44-13. Florida on top of South Florida, 42-20. Arkansas, how about this one? Arkansas taking down Steve Sarkeesian in the 15th-ranked Texas Longhorns, 40 to 21, 18th ranked Wisconsin evens their early season record at one and one, defeating Eastern Michigan 34 to seven. Virginia Tech over Austin P. Or excuse me, over Middle Tennessee 35-14. Ole Miss defeats Austin P. 54-17. Miami two better than Appalachian State at 25-23. North Carolina defeating Georgia State 59-17. Auburn over Alabama State 62 to nothing. And then the only other uh, team in top 25. It was a Friday night game. Probably uh, some of you saw it. You're still going through the uh, the euphoria of being in the Big 12. You may have caught the uh, Kansas game at Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina getting the win over the Jayhawks, 49-22. Uh, we are looking uh, in the press conference room 
Uh, they are getting things set up. Uh, I think what we're going to do is we'll take a break. We'll come back. If there's an opportunity to get some sound, uh, we will go down there. Otherwise, we'll wrap things up and let you hear it on the Big O Tires Cougar Locker Room Show. We'll take a break. More Cougar Post Game Live next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to post-game coverage of BYU football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Our coverage continues with the Big O' Tires Cougar Locker Room Show. Stop by local Big O' Tires for no credit needed financing. Big O' Tires, the team you trust. Let's head live to the Built Bar broadcast booth and join Riley Nelson, along with the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. BYU's post-game press conference with Kalani Sitake is underway. BYU 26, Utah 17, our final. Here's the coach. Just, just really fortunate, and, and really feel happy that we got the win. And but uh, still have some, some some things to improve on. Um, got to enjoy this win, but then we got to put it away and get ready for the next one. But um, just really, really happy that we got this win. Kalani, talk about that big fourth quarter drive where you w- went down and got that uh, field goal to make it a two-score game. Yeah, just I mean, I would have liked the touchdown, you know, but uh, the uh, just really proud of, of the team, just proud of the guys sticking with it. There was, I think, the drive before that, it just seemed like this huge raindrops just coming down. It got the ball really wet. We're nervous about um, about throwing the ball because it was really heavy, and so and it just seemed like it just let up at the right moment. Um, it didn't help on that drive, but I mean, we, we just we just knew that this game would come down and be tight. Um, you know, we don't want it to be, but uh, it just seemed like uh, there there's some moments there where we could have uh, easily folded and, and, and given in. And I give a lot of credit to our coaches, give a lot of credit to our players and leadership guys uh, getting it done. So it was a lot of fun. What a great night. Just so happy for the fans. Just really happy. For them. <clears throat> John and then Matthew. Kalani, um, on third down tonight, you guys were 11 of 19 converting third downs. How critical was it to, to be able to sustain drives like that against a defense as good as Utah's? Yeah, I mean, a great defense. Uh, you know, we, we talked about it from last week, improving and trying to possess the ball and try to get uh, more plays. We didn't have enough plays last week, and, and uh, the fact that we had the possession and had the, had more plays in, in Utah is a good sign for us, and uh, a lot of that has to has to go with the, with the complementary football that we played between our three phases and offense, defense, and special teams. And so, you know, we, we we took some risks, went for it on fourth down, and did some things that that we thought would be helpful, and, and did some things on defense that were unique and different. And give a lot of credit to A Rod at the game plan and Fessy and the rest of the offensive staff, and a lot of credit to Elias Tuiaki. What he did with defense and, and with Ed Lamb and the rest of the group. I mean, uh, I thought it was a perfect game plan. We we didn't execute the best. I, I think there were moments where we could have tackled better still, and I think a lot of that had to do with the type of athletes that we're trying to tackle still. From from Utah, the running back made some great runs, and uh, I just got to keep working on on staying on our feet. I think we got a little gassed out and, and tried to leave our feet, thinking that we could take down great athletes by just throwing our body at them. So we'll, we'll get that fixed, but. Um, just, just love the fight in our players, and it was, just, it was, it was good to get this win. <clears throat> Kalani, uh, second 
Jackson Hall with multiple touchdown passes and no turnovers. What impressed you the most about his performance tonight? I didn't hear all of it. Say it again. What impressed you the most about Jaron Hall? Oh, Jaron Hall. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know how many sacks they had. I got to look at that. But, but he, he was able to avoid um, pressure and uh, by using his legs. Uh, he was able to extend drives by using his legs. I mean, he, he can run. We know that. And uh, it's a weapon that we can use. And, and he can throw the ball, too. But, I think you have to give a lot of credit to Utah's defense by with their coverage and things that they did to mix it up and try to confuse our quarterback. But I, I like that he took care of the football. I like that our guys had great ball security. And uh, we can always improve. That can always be even better, even though we didn't turn the ball over. Um, we like to make sure that we secure the ball always. And I like what he did. I, I think uh, Jaron's starting to really come into his own and feel really comfortable on the field. And uh, I like the way he, he – uh, commands the offense and the way he runs drives. So uh, still some things that he, he knows he can improve on and that we can do better on offense, but it's nice to have a guy like Jared to make it work. Sam and then Norma. Coach, uh, over the years we've seen you be a part of celebrations on the field after big wins. What was this one like for you, uh, considering the history that these two schools have together and being out there with your fans and players to celebrate this win at the end there. It was exhausting. I got really tired. I mean, I'm getting old, but, uh, man, it was just so much fun. And then the energy that was in the stadium tonight, and I, I miss our fans. I miss having them, um, at home. And that was something special. You just, you just, you can hear them. They're really loud tonight. And they made a difference. I mean, the performance was a, a lot from what they brought to the table, and uh, I'm just so thankful for them. I hope they, I hope the fans know how much our players love them, and how much they love playing for them. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it, it, it closed in real quick when everyone stormed the field and had to get out of there. But um, the crowd surfing stuff like that, I, I probably could have done without it. There's probably some people with some hurt backs and necks right now from kicking me out, but. Um, I mean, I'm going to do whatever the fans want. So, I, you know, this is a lot of fun. We're going to have a lot of fun in the locker room after this, and then we're going to go to work. We're going to go to church tomorrow, and then we're going to go to work. If I remember correctly, last week you only – BYU only gave up three penalties. This time around you had eight for 65 yards. What was the difference this week that just kind of kept you guys off guard and just committing stupid mistakes, I guess? Well, I mean, I think the, they did some things up front that I think kept our line up, you know, moved the movement up front. And um, different referee crews handled that differently. But, you know, I think once we got used to it, it wasn't a, an issue. But I think you have to give a lot of credit to Utah. They were great athletes and they put us in some tough spots and we made mistakes. And the, the, the eight penalties, we, we sure want less than that. But um, I think they had, they had six. And so, it was a back and forth game. Well, it's something they keep improving on. You know what I mean? And, um, I think the one that the ones that bother me the most though aren't really the part of the play and the holdings and stuff like that. It's it's, it's the ones that, that we're uncharacteristic of what BYU is about. The late hits and unsportsmanlike conduct. That's on me. That's that's what I got to do better as a head coach you know, to make sure that we're 
more disciplined in that aspect. And um, thought we played better in the second half in regards to that stuff. But um, yeah, that that stuff can't happen. We can't, um, you know, make those type of mistakes. So I think those those we had three of those. We had two late hits and one unsportsmanlike. So there's there's three penalties for 45 yards right there. And that's we we didn't have those, which are very easy to fix. And I, I think we're probably okay with the results, even though there's some of the mistakes we wish we could have back. But what I do like is that we saw better in the second half from that aspect of discipline. And um, our guys, we can overcome, we said we can overcome any mistakes with um, energy and effort. And, and I love the energy from everything that's on our sideline and the effort that I saw from the guys. Jared and then Mitch. Kalani, I wanted to talk about how you won this game. In, in a lot of the previous contests, they've been similar, but Utah's had the lead and maybe been able to out-physical you, particularly in the fourth quarter. Talk about the way the boys on both sides, particularly in the trenches, were able to handle that. Well, I'm, you know, there's, there's a lot of lessons to be learned from, from playing football. And I go back to when we needed to get stronger and more physical from playing Wisconsin way back when. And um, our, our experiences of playing against Utah, everyone knows they're physical, um, strong teams. And, and I mean, everybody knows my history. I've been coaching for 10 years, and so I know what they do there. And it's something that we want to have part of our identity. You know? So um, I think Coach Wood does an amazing job with the, the identity of their team. And hopefully we can do something that to make that part of our identity as well, being physical and strong. Um, there was a really, there was a back and forth. I mean, it, it was a, it was a slugfest. Uh, that's probably the best way to describe it. I think um, we just made a few more plays than they did. Other than that, it was, I thought it was, I mean, it, we just, you're right. I, I, I like the way we ended the game. I like the way that we uh, went down on that drive and ended up picking a field goal. I like the way we uh, ran the clock out and, and um, Tyler Algier and that little line. And Lopini Katoa, those guys were physical with tight ends blocking, receiving, blocking downfield. And um, it's a lot of fun. It was, it was, it was good to be part of that and, and very promising from the head coach to see that in, in, in the team. Kalani, did, did, you, uh, did you and Witt have the chance to exchange words? I know that there was a lot of fans on the field, but after the game, did you guys have the chance to ex exchange words? And if so, uh, what did Witt say to you? It was good. It was a really good moment. Uh, I love Kyle Whittingham. I love his family. Uh, I'm fortunate that he uh, helped mentor me, brought me up in, in his college coaching game. Uh, I really value our friendship. And so uh, part of that is just keeping those moments private. I, I enjoyed that embrace uh, after the game. And I appreciate everything I told him. I can tell you what I said to him. I told him thank you for everything. And um, really appreciate him. And I told him I love him. And, um, we're really good friends. Uh, we're close. And uh, just, I just spent the question before explaining how we're trying to, to have that type of mindset and that type of identity. And, and uh, he's, he's been an amazing coach and, and uh, a great mentor. And it just happens that he's, he's at our rival school. And so, um, but it, yeah, that, that exchange is, um, I don't know what else to say. Uh, I love Kyle Whittingham. 
Last two questions, Jay and then Jake. Uh, yeah, Kalani, uh, in 2018, you had the big lead and uh, you've already mentioned they wore you, wore you down and you got more physical in the last three years, but also you stayed aggressive tonight, especially Roderick with his play calling and also with some of the blitzes that worked. Is can you learn from that game that you applied tonight? Yeah, I mean, I, I, thanks for the reminder, Jay. Um, <laughs> I'm just giving you a hard time. No, it was, uh, yeah, I mean, listen, I, I don't like to lose, and, and but I, I love to learn. And um, anytime I can get better um, as a head coach and I look at things that I can do differently, and anytime that I can keep um, in, in, in endorsing that type of um, culture that we have in our team, and we always talk about our culture of love and learning. Um, it, you take moments where you where you lose and you try to find a way to improve on it. And then you take moments when you win, like like tonight, and you also try to find ways to improve. Uh, I'm, I'm all about learning, and um, I've, I've made mistakes before, and I've, I've, had, I've had some some troubles, but I, the one thing that I, I'm going to tell people is that I've, I've learned, and, and I continue to learn. And, and um, one thing I could say that I'm really proud of is that our staff did a great job. I, you mentioned uh, the Blitz package and everything. I hope everybody knows that that was a nice to you with the game plan tonight. did a great job calling the game, and um, it was great to, to see him in motion. I, I felt really uh, proud of him as, as, a, as a mentor of his, you know, to seeing him doing his thing. And, and all the coaches, man, I, I love watching all the, the assistants on the sideline, um, you know, doing their job and, and connecting with their players and having a lot of fun with it. So just really, really thankful that I have a great staff that can make it work. And, and they're all just having fun with the fans. And so we, we try, to, try to learn as much as we can, stay positive as much as we can, even in the tough times. And and uh, when you do that, you, you learn and, and you improve and it just becomes a part of you. So now we have the tough task of learning when we win. And, and um, that's something that I think we're up for the challenge. Kuani, you've talked about the fact that you don't feel like this season needs to do anything to justify what you guys did in 2020. But do you consider this to be a benchmark win to kind of prove where you guys have come in terms of just your overall depth and strength of your program? I don't know. I like I kind of struggle with that. We like our depth. We like our team. We like the players on the team. You know, when you when you play this type of schedule and you play some tough P5s right away, you're going to have to test the depth. We we know that coming into this, and that that was part of the deal. You, you know, in the years past that we've had to deal with that, and we we had to go into our depth a little bit in recruiting and development. And so I like the way our team is right now. I like the depth, but it's always, it's a, it's an ongoing process. You know, uh, there's guys on, on our team right now that are, um, that are really close to getting on the field again. And I, I mentioned that I like having a, more starters than the 11 on offensive defense and special teams. And I, I think we're, we're really starting to get there, but, um, but that's hard to say when, when, when you don't get to test it out. And I don't really hope that we get to test our depth out, but I, I just like the urgency that our coaches have in teaching their guys, and I like the way they approach each week. This week we had a great opportunity for our players to focus on things, the words of Lowell Edwards um, about preparation, and that there's a, there's a will to prepare that's way more important than the little kid. And um, I, I was really proud of the way the guys prepared this week, and 
they came they came to work with every practice with, with a little bit more intent a little bit more physicality and man it was it was a it was a great sight to see as a head coach that i don't have to jump start that thing that means that we have good leadership we lost a lot of great leaders that went, went on to the nfl and it's, it's nice to see that things still roll when we have great leaders continue to lead along the way so yeah that's just really happy guys i uh man just just really happy i, I can't wait to learn from this game and, and get better next week all right, thanks, Coach. All right, we're out. Thanks, guys. We'll go back to the Zoom room and hear from the BYU players after this. Final score, BYU 26, Utah 17. On the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Locker Room Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Welcome back to Lavelle Edwards Stadium here in Provo, Utah. We're on a night when the building was sold out. 63,470 officially. The fans were in the stands till the very end, and then they left those stands at the very end. Most of them, or it seemed like most of them. But not for the parking lot. No, they were headed for the grass. And uh, we, we want to wish the best to BYU's groundskeepers uh, tonight as they have some work to do over the next six days to get this thing ready for Arizona State. Uh, there was a lot, of, uh, a lot of tonnage on the turf tonight uh, once the stands emptied as BYU defeated Utah for the first time in 12 years. But it was a happy and a safe and a dancing and a jumping crowd that all stormed on and streamed on to the grass here in Provo. They've all left now. The field is entirely empty, and as BYU fans are wont to do, they were responsive, announcements, authorities, everybody got off, and nothing uh, untoward happened, and that's certainly nothing I could view. I think everyone from the Utah side, players, fans, I think everybody was able to get out um, without anything uh, uh, encumbering them. I think it was all all told uh, a pretty... Uh, you know, safe and uh, happy experience uh, for everyone that was on the field and helping those get off the field tonight. Greg Grubel and Riley Nelson with you. We'll head back down to the Zoom room when a BYU player takes the podium. We've already heard from Kalani Sitake. We know that Kyle Whittingham has already spoken to the press, and we'll we'll hear Kyle when we get a moment to do so. In fact, while we have a minute, uh, maybe it's time. Should we maybe listen to a little bit of Kyle right now, and then if we get a BYU player drop back in, what do you think? Yeah, now as good a time as any. Okay, we'll call an audible, and if our crew back at uh, BYU Radio, uh, Corbin and Terry, oh, uh, can maybe uh, get us into Kyle Whittingham. We'll, de- we'll drop back in when we see a BYU player uh, come to the podium here. First of all, congratulations, Kalani, their football team. They played outstanding. Um, you know, give them credit. They they won the football game tonight. Uh, Beat us in the line of scrimmage, which I would have bet my house going in that uh, we would not lose the line of scrimmage. My house isn't worth that much, so it's not that big a deal. But I would have, I would never have seen the uh, seen that coming where, where we didn't control the line of scrimmage. That's our mo. That's what we do best, and uh, we surrendered nearly 250 yards rushing. Uh, couldn't get a sack. Had zero sacks, zero takeaways on defense, which which is not a good recipe for uh, success uh, offensively. Not good enough on third down. We only snapped it 50-something times because we couldn't convert a third down. They were two out of nine on third down, and they were uh, 11 out of 19. So so consequently, we snap it 55, 54 times. They snap it 70-something times, and that's – got to win third down. you got to do a better job on third down. Um, 
but yeah, they uh, they deserve the win. We got to regroup and uh, got a road trip to uh, San Diego State. We put one on Arizona tonight, so uh, we got our hands full in, in that game. And uh, that's all we can do is pick ourselves up off the mat, uh, figure out where deficiencies are, and uh, get them corrected, and uh, be ready to play the Aztecs uh, next weekend. So questions. We'll begin the questions with Josh Newman of the Salt Lake Tribune, followed by Trevor Allen, KSL Sports. Kyle, can you expand a little bit on the play up front? I know it's fresh and raw and you haven't seen film, but what were you seeing out there and and, and what do you think was going wrong live well, in the moment? On, a, on our defensive line, we were getting pushed and uh, it was evident by the running backs. You know, after contact, we're getting three or four yards because of the surge of the offensive line. Uh, the runners ran hard and did a really nice job. We uh, just we couldn't hold up. We didn't hold up, and and so that's that's uh, you know my fault. I guess I got to get them, you know, find a way to get them better and and get them, uh, you know, in, in situations and positions to be more successful. So that was the thing on uh, our, our defense at the line of scrimmage. Offensively, you know, we ran the ball pretty good at times. Um, Came away with about 180 yards. I think we were over seven yards of carry. But if you can't convert third downs and extend drives and keep drives alive, then, uh, you know, it's not going to be a good outcome. We only moved the chains, I think it was 15 times, and uh, it's not enough. It's not nearly enough to, to win a football game in this day and age. And just a quick follow-up to that, Kyle. Um, on the fourth and two from the eight, when you guys were down 10-7, can you share the thinking behind going for it instead of kicking the field goal? Sure. Analytics, which I don't pay 100% attention to, had it as a solid goal from four or less. We were at two, and uh, I thought that that was the, the play right there. I, you know, the, Just because it's a bad outcome doesn't mean it was a bad decision. I do it again. That's, uh, you know, that's what should have happened in that situation, in my uh, opinion, and as well as the analytics. And, and so uh, you can't base the decision on the outcome. And uh, that's, you know, that's what happened there. And then they proceeded to go, obviously, 90, 93 yards after that, which shocked me. You know, people don't usually drive on our defense, uh, you know, those length of drives. And so couldn't find a way out of that drive. We'll go next to Trevor Allen, KSLsports.com. Kyle, uh, what, what was your message to your players, especially knowing that this uh, nine-game streak over BYU is over? Yeah, well, the message was uh, we're disappointed. Uh, we didn't play as well as we're capable of playing. I, I can tell you that for sure. Um, again, I'm not trying to take away anything from their victory. They, they... Congratulations on the win. Well, wanted to ask you about that, that big drive to get that field goal. Utah had a lot of momentum. The, the lead had been cut to six, and you guys needed some big plays. You got them. Take me through that drive. I mean, they, they did a good job bouncing back and scoring their offense. You know, our defense did a great job all game. And happens in football, you score. So as soon as they did that, honestly, I, I don't think the momentum really felt like it switched at all. I think we were confident. We knew our game plan. Things were simple. And sure enough, we went ahead and marched down, executed, and, and secured the win. Aaron, you guys went 11 of 19 on third down tonight. You had 11 minutes advantage in time of possession. How, how critical was that success on third down to just getting a rhythm for your offense and kind of keeping Utah at arm's length throughout the game? Plus, just to come around third down. You know, we practice it every week, but really it comes down to our defense, man. They, they gave us the ball, 
you know, and it's all credit to them for why we had a, had a long and we were able to go to work. So our defense played a great game. And then when we had our chance in third down, we, we executed for the most part and you know, did a good job for my team. Jake and then Mitch. Jaron, I just wanted to kind of get your thought on how you felt your offensive line performed in this game. It seemed like they controlled the line of scrimmage most of the night. I can't take my hat off enough to those guys. So any people out there willing to sponsor this offensive line, please do. Pay those guys, get them some food, please. We need them, man. <clears throat> so I love, I love my dudes up front. Coach Funk has them all dialed up and ready to go. And, and I mean, I, I love those guys. I can't say enough about them. I'm so proud of them. Jaron, no turnovers for you guys in this game. Uh, how big of a focus was the, uh, you know, winning that turnover margin and, and taking care of the football coming into this rivalry game? Yeah, we definitely talked about it. It's not something you stress about or worry about because that's usually when it happens. You know, you think about it too much. But, you know, our week was a clean practice. We took care of the ball in practice and just correlated it, you know, today. So, you know, Coach Rod was very smart. in play calling at certain times. We weren't ever pushing it. We didn't need to. And, you know, it just resulted in us taking care of the ball. <clears throat> Sam and then Sean. Jaron, as a player, uh, what was that like on the field when the field and you guys were celebrating that win? And then second part to that, after you finally got back to the locker room, what was the celebration like with your with your teammates and coaches? And what were some of the things said back there with you guys? Yeah, being on the field with, with the fans, you know, who've been waiting for X amount of years to enjoy that. You know, it was, uh, it was priceless. You know, it was a surreal moment. You know, I'm so happy for each and every one of them. All the, all the help they've given us. So it was fun to, to celebrate on the field with them and, and be back in the locker room. You know, it, was, it wasn't everybody in there. Just a couple guys trickled in, but it's just smiles, dancing. Um, just what you do after you win a game, you know. So we're all just very proud of each other and, and just relish in the moment. Sean, go ahead. Uh, Jaron, I don't know exactly how to bring this up, but Obviously, you guys know the big announcement, the Big 12 and everything that came in yesterday. You were focused on this game. Is this the best weekend in BYU football history between the win and then also what happened on Friday? I think it's definitely up there. Absolutely. <clears throat> so, you know, very grateful for the president of the school and, and those who make those decisions, um, athletic directors, and, and, and moving us in that direction. So that was great news, but, you know, we're just happy to, to get the win tonight and I'll be able to enjoy both. Last few questions, Jared, and then Jay. Jared, in these type of games, the, the mentality that you bring and, and what you just re referenced, just that calm mentality, business-like, let's go take care of business, let's go make plays, not get down when bad things happen. What does that do for a team You know, when, things, when times do get tough, when, when, when the leaders act that way? You know, I think it's just contagious. And the thing about it is we have, you know, X amount of leaders on the team. And, you know, we have through the whole offense, you got 11 guys who really are, are seen as leaders, you know, the guys that are experienced and are very influential. And so, you know, the energy we had, the confidence in each other was just, you know, it was contagious. Um, our running backs did a great job the whole game and, you know, giving us energy and offensive line. So tip our hats off to them. Um, yeah. <clears throat> hey, Jaron, uh, you Stamped your name in legacy or rivalry lore tonight with that, uh, with some of those third down pickups in the running. Um, two questions. One, did you think you stepped out of bounds there? And because uh, it was pretty close. And two, um, just what does this do, do you think, for the program moving forward? 
I definitely do not think I stepped out, but they did not review it. So we'll have to go see it tonight. Maybe uh, watch it back with my wife. We'll see, see what it shows. Um, and then what was your second question? I'm sorry. Just what can this do for, for the program moving? Oh, it's huge. It's momentum. You know, we win two games in a row. We win this, this huge rivalry. It's a very important game, you know, obviously. And so I think just moving into next week, uh, we just remain humble and grateful for the opportunity we had to play tonight. Utah is a great team. Tip our hats off to them. They were prepared and did some great things, as always. Um, so now we just get ready for Arizona State and just move in that direction. Awesome. Thanks, Jaron. Thank you, guys. All right, we have Peyton and Tyler next. So who wants to get us started off with some questions? So now Tyler Algier and Peyton Wilgar. Jared, go ahead. Tyler, talk about the way the running game went, because Utah is known to be stout against the run, but the way the offensive line played. Recording in progress. The way you and Peeney were uh, were running the ball. What's that like to have that success against a team that's traditionally very good against the run? Yeah, you know, we, uh, we practice all week practice all week for them, for their looks and all of that. Scouts and gave a great look. And I think literally we just came out, we came out, I think we came out a little slow, but, you know, we ended up picking it up, you know, the defense had our backs and then we we had there. So, you know, we just had to pick it up and then ramp it up and then, you know, literally just did our thing. So it was good. And then Sam. Coming into this game, you had it had, had, had a game that, uh, consisted of more than 19 carries you got 27 carries tonight were you expecting a, a big 20 plus carry night workload uh, going into this game uh yeah maybe I think so yeah I'll say I'll say yeah you know whenever they needed me I just can go in and then literally just do what I can do what I can trust Bill line me even great holes for me so just take what I can get and then really just do my thing do our thing Sam and then Sean Tyler, it seemed as the game went on that the yards on the ground started to come in larger chunks. What was the key to wearing down the the, uh, the Utah defense as the game went went on? Yeah, so literally just literally the fours, twos, fours, twos, and sixes. Always all those little little yards of chunks. Literally just always always hit defenses. So you know, obviously break, and then uh, it's going to break soon. You know. Those twos and threes and fours are going to break to tens and fifteens and twenties. So you know we just have to keep running, running the ball down their throat, and then really just have the result we had today. Tyler, I want I know you love giving uh, daps and props to your offensive line, so I want to give you an opportunity. How big of a steak dinner are you going to buy them after this weekend? <laughs> That's a hard question. Oh, for sure, if I was financially stable. <laughs> like, for sure, if I was NFL status, then for sure, buy them hella stakes. But, you know, we're just grateful for them. I'll for sure be treating them this week. Jared and then Jake. Uh, what, what, take me, what, what was it like in the huddle after Utah had cut it to six? You needed to, to make a drive and, and get some points on the board. What was it like taking the field and, and the, the mentality of the offense at that point. Yeah, so like I said, literally, the defense literally had our back. You know, they might have got scored on. They had a bunch of key stops, literally a bunch of key stops. And we just had to know, hey, we got to score. We got to score. You get some points in the board going to the field goal range, you know. 
literally just try to get some points on the board because those little points literally make a huge difference. So I think that uh, it's literally a whole team win and the defense did their thing, offense did their thing, special teams did their thing. It was great. Tyler, I know you guys have heard a lot about the fact that you guys didn't play anybody in 2020 and all of that. Do you feel like a win tonight, these back-to-back wins over two Power 5 teams, kind of back up, hey, we're a pretty dang good football team? Yeah, I would say, yeah, I would for sure say that. You know, honestly, it's just the mentality that we had. You know, literally last year, we, last year, who, who knew what, who we were going to play and whatnot. And I think that we just had the same mentality as last year and this year. We, we're, now we're just playing better better teams, you know, kudos to everyone from last year that we played. But now we're playing, literally, like you said, two good two good teams back-to-back wins. So I think it was a good win. Like I said, it was a good win for us overall. Awesome. Any last questions for Tyler or Peyton? Sam and then Jared. Uh, Tyler, real quick, well, what was the the – reaction from the team like when Samson scored his touchdown I, I you know we saw the celebration over there but obviously for him to get one against his old team like that uh how happy were you guys for him hey no but, you know we're honestly happy when anyone anyone scored but for him it was literally literally night and shining armor I would say literally freaking he was just he was just so so happy and we were all happy for him you know literally just scoring scoring is literally a joy itself because it's hard to do especially in college football so it was good Peyton, the way the Zoom's set up, we can only see your arm at the moment. I know they'll move the camera, but let's ask you some questions about performance. What do you think about how your boys did out there against a really physical Utah team? Oh, I'm so proud of them. All the way around from the D-line to the secondary, I'm just so proud. I know anyone on that defense would have sacrificed anything to get that win, and that's what we did. Jake and then Sean. Yeah, Peyton, I think there's been a moniker out there that you guys don't blitz much over over the past few years. How does it feel in the back-to-back weeks to really get after quarterbacks? You guys are coming up the middle, that type of stuff. It's it's great. You know, being being able to blitz is is a good thing, and we can only blitz when we trust our back ends. You know, kudos to the back end for, for manning up and locking up and allowing us to get pressure on the QB. Sean, go ahead. Yes. Hey, and you, you kind of heard Tyler give you guys on defense and probably because it felt like offensively it, they started a little bit slow and really needed you guys, but it, it just felt like every time they went back to you, you guys made big play after big play. Just what, what was the first half kind of like for you guys as you just ran out and just Chaz was making plays and your secondary and, and um, obviously just, just all the pressure you were putting off. Just describe kind of that first half, I guess, for us a little bit. Yeah, you know, that was, it's fun football. You know, when, when offense is struggling, the defense knows they need to pick it up and vice versa, you know. So we just go out there and we trust our guys. We trust our offense special teams. And it just allows, with all the trust we have for each other, you know, it allows us to all just play our game. Jared, go ahead. Peyton, even with a lead in the fourth quarter, you know it's not safe. You need to make a play. What was the emotion like when, when you got that fourth down stop and, and virtually sealed the game? Oh man, I can't even, I don't even know how to describe it. It was, it was awesome. Amazing feeling, you know, to win it on defense like that and get a stop. It's huge. You know, we take, take a lot of pride in that. Utah's a team that's known for their defense. That's kind of the, 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 what they've established. 
what does it mean to kind of beat them at their own game and, you know, really limit their points and, and really have a defensive defensive success? It feels really good. Yeah. Um, they're a great football team and uh, we just came out and did our thing and it worked out, you know, awesome win. Awesome. Last call for questions. Perfect. Thanks, Peyton and Tyler. Back as we continue on the Big O Tires Cougar Locker Room Show. Stop by your locally owned and operated Big O Tires for the lowest price on every tire. Plus, no credit needed financing. Big O Tires, the team you trust. BYU 26, Utah 17, our score, our final score on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Locker Room Show. On the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. All right, so back here at Provo's LaMelle Edwards Stadium. Mitchell Jurgens is in the Cougar locker room area. We'll be getting, we ideally hope to get uh, James Empey shortly. And as soon as James is on the headset, we're going to head right back down there. Uh, between now and then, I think we're going to hear the concluding comments from Coach Kyle Whittingham, and then we'll get down to James as soon as we have him. We'll go next to Trevor Allen, KSLSports.com. Kyle, what what was your message to your players, especially knowing that this uh, nine-game streak over BYU is over? Yeah, well, the message was uh, we're disappointed. Uh, We didn't play as well as we're capable of playing. I I can tell you that for certain. Um, But, again, I'm not trying to take away anything from their victory because they they earned it. But uh, that was uh, not our best football. Got to pick ourselves up off the map. We got a lot of football ahead of us. Uh, This does nothing to our – uh, ultimate goal of trying to win the Pac-12, which obviously is going to be very, very challenging. But, uh, you know, we've got to just pick ourselves up and, and figure out what we did wrong and, and get better and, and move forward. Next, Josh Furlong, KSL.com. Kyle, how would you grade out Charlie's performance tonight, knowing that, you know, the offensive line kind of allowed some pressures in, but just he wasn't able to make some of those throws, especially down to the end? Yeah, you don't have to watch the film to, to get the exact uh, gauge on how Charlie played. His numbers weren't bad. You know, we didn't throw the ball a ton, but uh, you know, his completion percentage was fairly high. We, we did have uh, the interception. And that was you know, it was not an ideal way to start the game, two, tur- two turnovers. And, and uh, you know, it could have been 21 nothing early very easily, but our defense did some really good things early on in the game. But uh, as far as Charlie's performance, we'll have to take a good, hard look at the film and and uh, see what uh, what was going on there. We'll go to Josh Furlong, KSL.com. How, how, do you, how do you rally the team after something like this? Obviously, you had you know mistakes in that first game. You've got mistakes in this game. Where, where do you kind of where, – where do you go from here? Well, we're a work in progress, like pretty much every team in the country is at this point in the season, just a couple of games in. But you lean on your leaders heavily. Obviously, that's something that – that we need to have those guys step up and, and make sure that uh, we have more resolve and more uh, determination than, than what we what we uh, had tonight. And again, not that anybody laid down because we didn't quit, but we got to find a way to uh, to be better. And, and captains are a big part of that. Coaches, we got to work harder as coaches if that's possible. I and mean, we're <laughs> we're in the office uh, for hours on end, but uh, we got to work smarter than what we're doing. We got to be got to be better coaches. 
Head coach Kyle Whittingham, there he is post-game. Now back down to the Cougar locker room area. James Empey, BYU starting center, has the headset on. Joins Greg Grubel, Riley Nelson up in the press box. Hello, James. Hey, how you doing? Hey, we have not been uh, this good in a while. Uh, thank you so much for asking, and how are you? <laughs> I'm doing great, man. I'm just super happy with how our team played, and, you know, it was a hard-fought game by both sides, man. Uh, Shout-out to Utah for always being a super tough team, and, you know, we were able to make make more plays and, and make things happen and, and uh, you know, put a W on that board. And, and uh, you know, we love it. We're so we're so excited, uh, flying high right now, and uh, just just pumped. James, we all know how it is. Uh, every year is a different year, and not every team is a part of every streak. And the, but, but the streak had taken on a life of its own. It's just a fact. Twelve years, nine games, it's been so long. And, and, you know, in one sense, you don't want to address it. And in another sense, you kind of have to confront it. How did you look at this whole thing? And how nice is it to not have to worry about that anymore? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. I think our, our coaches and, and, you know, the 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 leadership on the team and, and everybody, I think they did a really good job at just um, buckling down this week in practice and, and getting to work and, and trying not to worry about the outside noise and, and, and all of that stuff, you know. Um, you know, obviously, it's kind of like the elephant in any room when you were uh, preparing uh, for the game. But uh, we just did it. I think everybody did such a good job at just focusing on the task at hand, focusing on you know what we had to do to win this game, and and then you know we went out and and did it. And there was you know everybody there was mistakes on both sides. You know, you have to overcome some things, but we were able to do that tonight and and make it happen. And I'm just so excited and so proud of the way you know, the guys on our team played and, and how they uh, showed up for this game and just love the process, love the energy from, you know, Lavelle Edra Stadium and, and a packed house and just everybody came came to work and came to win and, and we got it done tonight. So I'm just so proud of everybody. Can you tell me it feels good to be a streak buster? Yeah, <laughs> man, it feels great, man. It feels it feels great to, you know, get a win and get a win back home at Lavelle Edwards and, and uh, um, you know, especially against these guys, man. It's, that f- feels great and everybody's pumped. James, almost no design QB run last week against Arizona, and obviously Jaron goes off, was a big part of the rushing attack. I know the stress that puts on a defense. Does that change anything for you five guys up front, knowing that you have the QB more involved in the run game? Um, it, You know, it, it, uh, it, it doesn't really change much on how we approach things because we're still trying to run off the ball and, and get our assignments done. Um, but it's not, it's super awesome to, to just, you know, you, you block your butt off on the play and then you look over and, and Jaron's running for, you know, however many yards and, and he, you know, he, he broke that one touchdown and he stepped out of bounds, but that, you know, that was such an awesome play. He's, he's, uh, he's electric and, you know, we, we love having it as for what changes for us, not much. Cause we're still grinding on, on the play on the front side, but <clears throat> he just does such a good job and he's so talented with his feet. And it's, it's awesome having that as a part of our offense. Utah head coach Kyle Whittingham said in his postgame press conference, James, he said, I would have bet my house that we wouldn't lose the line of scrimmage tonight. Well, BYU kind of on the line of scrimmage tonight, and that's not easy to do against the U. What kind of effort does it take to do what BYU did in running for 200-plus against one of the stoutest defenses you'll play? Oh, man. Well, just uh, like like you just said, they're, they're a very stout defense, and each time we played them the past few years, they've, 
you know, they, they've always been very physical and they were very physical today. And, and uh, uh, like I kind of just said earlier, we were able to make more plays and we were able to handle the line of scrimmage. And our backs ran so hard, um, you know, they, they make us look good because um, they, they find the open holes and make it happen. And, you know, Tyler and, and Beanie just, just ran their butts off. And so um, just just pumped at how the guys played. I thought I thought we came out with a good mentality for the game and just you know battled one out, man. It, it wasn't it wasn't easy by any means, but we made it happen. Okay, it's sometimes it's good to be an offensive lineman when the fans rush the field like they did tonight. How was it down there? <laughs> oh, it was, it was a party, man. Cougar Nation always brings it, and you know we were pumped to have them. And and uh, yeah, trying to get out of that that uh, that big pileup was tricky, but but we made it. From from first game here last year to first game here this year, a little bit of a difference and uh, in terms of environment, right? I mean, you played in all these empty venues last year, not only fans but a sellout and new boards, and uh, it just it, it was special in every way. It comes on a Big Twelve invite weekend. I mean, what what could be better, right? Man, it, everybody, all the stadium staff, everybody at the stadium, everybody that has been grinding on that scoreboard and hmm. and all the lighting around, they 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 do such a good job and they do such a good job with the game day envi- uh, like environment and and all the people in the box doing all the media. Like, shout out to those guys. Shout out to Cougar Nation for being super loud and and uh, I was glad that we were able to bring it tonight and and bring it home uh, back at Lavelle Stadium. Reaction to the Big Twelve news? Uh, it it's it's huge for us and. You know, we're obviously, you know, we won't um, like officially, you know, be in like a big 12 season for a a little bit. Right. Right, Because we have our season this year. So just focused on the next game at hand and and the season that we have in front of us. But, you know, the guys are just so excited and and, uh, it's huge for not only the football team, but the whole athletic department and everything. And, you know, all the all the teams all around. So just just pumped about it. You know, I, I think. You know, the the teams around here, all, all of our sports teams deserve it, and uh, uh, I'm excited about it. Well, speaking of other sports teams, uh, women's soccer defeated Missouri tonight 7-4, to and Savannah played the second half tonight. Let's go. Let's go. James, you are the man. Thank you. Thanks so much. All right, that is uh, James Empey. I mentioned Savannah. Savannah Empey, BYU keeper, caught the second half of that win tonight over at Southfield. Good stuff. All right, it is the BYU Cougar, it's the Big O Tires Cougar Locker Room Show. Stop by your local Big O Tires for no credit needed financing. Big O Tires, the team you trust. We'll continue after this from Provo on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Locker Room Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Welcome back to the Big O Tires Cougar Locker Room Show. For the first time since 2009, BYU is a winner over Utah. And here's a crazy stat. Uh, Since Utah joined the Pac-12, Riley, 10 years ago, they had never lost a regular season non-conference game in regulation until tonight. Over 10 years. They'd only lost one regular season non-conference game, and it came at Utah State nine years ago in overtime. So BYU's done what no one has done to Utah since they went into the Pac-12 a decade ago until tonight. BYU 26 and Utah 17, a two-score win here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium in front of a sold-out crowd. BYU quarterback Jaron Hall is with us now. He's put the headset on. Jaron, are you with us? Jaron, can you hear us okay? Oh, we'll take a break. Let's do this. Let's, let's pause 10 seconds for station ID. Then we'll come back and have Jaron with us. Hang tight. 10 seconds on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. BYU Radio, 107.9 FM, KUMT, Randolph, KBYU FM, HD2, Provo, and Sirius XM Channel 143. 
All right, so Jaron Hall will soon be on the headset, and when he is, we will get right down to him at the Cougar locker room area. But, Riley, just on that note, I mean, Utah has taken a, a really successful program, which they were before P5, and gone into the Pac-12 and basically handled all of their business out of league for a decade. Yeah, it's extremely impressive, and look, that lets you know that like it's not like BYU's program. You, you hear that, oh, they haven't won a game against a rival in nine in nine years, you think. Well, no one well, else has beaten Utah. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> right? Utah has had an unprecedented string of success for nine years, including, you know, winning division, winning the division, playing for their conference championship, and, uh, and they've had a lot of talent. They, Of course, Whittingham has been a very stable force for, for good, for discipline, for what you can expect out of, you know, that quote that you've mentioned a couple times here in the post game about him betting his house, like there was a lot of things about this Utah program that you could set your clock to, and I think, I think that that identity remains. It's just that BYU's has changed drastically. I think. I think no self-inflicted wounds tonight. I think we've recruited better, and we are coaching better up front on both sides of the ball. So we've evened out that, and then. This particular team, and you know, beginning probably with last year's squad, there's an embarrassment of riches at the skill positions. You know, something that we haven't seen in a long, long time at BYU. So, um, kudos to BYU. I don't think this is a sign of Utah dropping off. I don't think it'll be very soon before they lose their next non-conference regular season matchup. Um, uh, so, kudos again to BYU. All the more for how great and big of a win this was for them. Yeah, well, I listened to enough national radio and watched enough national TV this week to know that, uh, you know, everyone was picking Utah. Oh, yeah. I mean, Utah was playing in Provo as a touchdown favorite, okay? So everyone uh, liked Utah in this game. I heard enough of it, and and uh, and for a lot of good reasons. It's a ranked team. It's a solid football team, and, and a win over Utah is well-earned any year, but this year as much as any, as this is a good team that a lot of people think is going to be excellent uh, throughout the season. But BYU was the better team tonight and never trailed in this game, did everything needed to win it by a score of 26-17. to 17. And now, as advertised, Jaron Hall has put on the headset and is joining us from the Cougar Locker Room area. Jaron, thank you for the time. Congratulations to you and the boys. Yeah, thank you very much. Happy to be here with you guys. Yeah, and I know you're not a part <clears throat> of all that has come before it in terms of the streak, right? You, you, you jump in at a certain phase in your career, but you know it's out there. And, and as a player, what's the right mindset to take when it comes to that, knowing that it's been a long, long time and people want it more and more, but you're just a small part of doing your part to get it done? Yeah, I think, you know, you never dwell in the past, but I think you find good energy out of it, right? Something to work for, something to man up about. So that's kind of the approach we took. You know, we didn't dwell in the past because we had nothing to do with those games. Um, but tonight was, you know, it was all on the table for us, and I felt like we were prepared and we got it done. Now, Riley might be able to describe it better than I will when I kind of paraphrase him, but he looked out at the field a few times tonight and said, Greg, there's just something, I'm feeling it, I'm seeing it, whether it's body language, whether it's confidence in play calling or play execution, it just feels right tonight. What was your vibe? That was the vibe, a lot of confidence. I mean, we, we simplified a lot of things from you know previous game plans, and we just decided to go out and do what we do best, you know, trust in all 11 of our guys. Um, and we trusted Narod and his calling. He was on point, and you know we just executed when we needed to. It wasn't the cleanest game by any means, and you know, I'm sure we watching the tape. We have a lot of things we want to get back and, and get fixed. But you know what? When you win a game like that, 
what more can you ask for? Jaron, how much of that confidence was based on preparation? I, You can kind of tell sometimes, especially at the quarterback who you know makes more reads than anybody else in the offense, when they're surprised, looks to me like they didn't throw any – like everything they threw at you, you knew was coming. So a lot of times confidence is based on preparation. Was that the case tonight? Yeah, it's a great defense, man. But then they do their thing every year. They're confident in their guys outside and inside and what they do. And so we, I felt like we were very prepared. <clears throat> I felt like I'd seen you know, a lot of things in, in, in the tape leading up to it. So I felt confident. Confident, but I didn't obviously didn't play my best game and you know, always move forward. Now you said it wasn't the cleanest game, yeah. but here's where it was clean: turnovers, zero right. turnovers. And maybe you do, maybe you don't talk about it internally about the things we talk about externally. But that was the one key thing in this losing streak that was always a problem: was yeah. multiple turnovers in a game. Last time BYU beat Utah, Jaron, back in '09, that was a zero turnover game, and they haven't had one against Utah since until tonight. It's a big part of it. Absolutely, that's a big part of any football game, but especially one like this with you know these these uh, personal stakes and the rivalry and everything. I mean, huge momentum swingers, and that was our thing. You know, we didn't want to dwell on it too much, but uh, you know, in reality, we talked about it. we talked about you know being safe and. Everyone called a great game. We executed and took care of the ball. I said on the air tonight that I haven't been able to use these two words in a long time against Utah. The two words were victory formation. That's <laughs> Greatest nice. playing football. <laughs> you know it. And then once it happened, then it was run for your life because the fans came out of the stands. Oh, and you didn't heavens. want to run. You wanted to celebrate with them, I'm sure. But when that last snap was taken, you just took that knee. What happened to the ball? Honestly, I don't know what happened to the ball. I don't know where it went. It eventually popped back up in my locker. We gave it to Coach Tatake, but, uh, yeah, it was pretty wild. It was just emotional, and, I mean, yeah, the rest you saw. So so what's a game ball presentation like at, at the end of this one in the locker room? Oh, I mean, from my, from my, what I was told, Coach Tatake has never gotten a game ball at this point. You know, but we felt like this was one that was definitely deserved. You know, he, he's molded us into the men we are, and it's because of the things he teaches us off the field and the appreciation we have when we're on the field. So we want to make sure he felt our love because he's always loving us up. You know, talking highly of us, but it was time that that was reciprocated because really it begins with him and our coaching staff. So we're very grateful for them. So, Jaron, my favorite way to celebrate a big <laughs> win was a nice big Sunday nap, right? Get up, oh take care goodness. of your t- church business. Sunday and stuff. hibernation. Yeah, how, how are you going to celebrate this one? Oh, I'm going to go home, snuggle with my little daughter and my wife. That's where I want to be. Um, and then go to church tomorrow morning and go ahead and take a nice bath the rest of the day. So... That is my plan. Love it. Hey, uh, give us a sense of, of what it was like to be a part of that crazy scene uh, with Cougar Nation on the field <laughs> after tonight. I might be concussed again. We'll, we'll, we'll <laughs> no, go please no. and, and diagnose that. But, no, it's fun, man. Those kids were so excited, the fans, the parents out there. I mean, it was the greatest feeling ever. I mean, it was a mess how many bodies were out there. But, uh, you know, that's that's what you live for. That's why you play college football. And it'll always be one of my greatest memories. How about your journey in this game tonight, from first snap to last snap? Kind of take us through your mentality yeah. from the from the beginning to the end. I mean, just trying to execute, getting the ball in our guys' hands. They didn't play as much man as we had anticipated. They played a lot of zone, and it's a great defense. They did a great job. You know, I didn't make very many great throws. It wasn't my best night. So I definitely got to get better this week and tune some things up to give our guys some more chances. Um, and then when the time come, I just felt myself making more plays. You know, it was just uh, – Right, right play at the right time, and just kind of came together, you know. But Peeney and Tyler, man, those guys, they led the way. They carved it open and kind of started that first drive when they started pushing the ball downfield. And our offensive line, I can't say enough about. So, so those those seven together, front five, and, and Peeney and Ty, they they really put us on their backs. 
Jaron, give us a preview into the locker room or, or team meetings on Monday. How do you balance building upon this momentous win yeah. with not getting complacent and getting focused for what will be another great challenge in Arizona State right. coming up here next week? Right, yeah, we'll enjoy it today and tonight, you know, with our families and our friends and and maybe a little tomorrow, you know. And, and then, you know, Kalani put it best in the locker room. He told us, you know, he said, just stay humble. Remember, you know, where, where all this comes from. <clears throat> and, and that'll ultimately get us where, where we want to be next Saturday. So just, you know, moving past this and, you know, come Monday, we're going to put it behind us and, and go work to be Arizona State. Okay, we want to get you into the cuddle zone here as soon as possible, but two last things for me and then we'll let you go. Uh, last week in Vegas, you didn't have the Nakuas to throw to, yeah. and Gunner was on crutches. Mm-hmm. And tonight, Gunner starts the game, which I don't know, I'm not sure a lot of people saw coming. And yeah. you had both Samson and Puka, and yeah. both had an impact tonight. I knew we could pick out any number of names, but I'm going to throw three at you and say what their presence meant to you tonight. About those three? Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Just, yeah. Just, hey, Puka and Samson, they came in. They played great. They executed our plays and, and made plays when it came their way. Gunner did his thing as always, you know. And, and for Neil, you know, they definitely were keen on him a lot. A couple times they were double teaming him. And so he, he was a presence out there and got those guys open, you know. So I could speak of, you know, a bunch about our tight ends and everybody yeah. else. But those three specifically, they, they did their thing and they were in the right place at the right time. And, yeah, it was good. And finally, this game uh, follows the day after the Big 12 invite and acceptance and such a celebration amongst Cougar Nation that, you know, in a lot of ways was like the story before the Utah game, as big as this game was. Just a thought from you about being part of a program that has been invited to and will be part of a P5 program, and, and what a great weekend it's been because of it ending with the Utah game. That's exciting. You know, it's an honor for us. You know, I don't know all the details about the Big 12. We haven't talked about it because really that has no effect on us this year. Right. You know, so... We'll enjoy it. Um, the announcement, it's fun, it's exciting, but we got to win, you know, win these games this year. Um, but in the future, you know, it, it brings, you know, a lot of more a- more assets to have and, and better recruiting, you think, and hope for. Um, but, of course, I don't know everything about that. So, for me, I'm excited for the guys in the future, you know, whenever, when whatever year that starts. I'm grateful for our coaches and the administration that made that happen. It's pretty exciting, and it's exciting for Cougar Nation, for our fans. Well, the streak was the streak, but all I know is you and the boys are 1-0 with one this team yeah. against Utah. <laughs> yep, that's right, exactly. 1-0 with this team, man, the past of the past. So, Jaron, thanks. Good. Congratulations. Thanks. All right, rest well. That's Jaron Hall. Kalani Sataki will be coming up. This has been the Big O Tires Cougar Locker Room Show. It is brought to you, of course, by Big O Tires who invites you to stop by your locally owned and operated Big O Tires store for the lowest price on every tire, plus no credit needed financing. Big O Tires, the team you trust. Kalani's coming up on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Postgame coverage of BYU football continues with the Cougar Postgame Coaches Show. Brought to you by Larry H. Miller Auto, conveniently located in Provo, Linden, and Orem. Larry H. Miller Auto, driven by you. Let's join the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. It is the Larry H. Miller Auto Cougar postgame coaches show. Greg Rubel and Riley Nelson up top. Head coach of the Cougars, Kalani Sitake, is in the Cougar locker room area. And let's head down there right now. Kalani is on headset. Kalani, congratulations to you, everyone in this program, the players, staffers, trainers, everybody that could be a part of this was a part in one way or another uh, of a big win that moves you to 2-0 and and gets one back in the rivalry before you guys take another break. Congrats in every possible way. Hey, uh, thank you. Congratulations to everybody. Um, you know, it, it was a lot of fun. And, uh, man, just really happy for all the fans. Just, <laughs> I, 
it's hard not to get emotional. Just just so happy for all of them. You could you could feel the sense of urgency um, in the stadium, and, and there's it was electric, man. It's so nice to have the fans here and how loud they were. It was it was so awesome to see, and they 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 uh they must have been training for storming the field because they did it faster <laughs> than any team I've ever any fan base I've ever seen before. So. They had some quicks in getting down there, didn't they? They were. They, you could tell that there was a lot of urgency for them to do that. So that that was a that was a fun moment, and um, just uh, just really happy for everybody involved, and um, that's everyone that's involved at BYU, and, and this has been a, a fun weekend for everyone. Well, we could go a lot of places here, but I think it's interesting that that last week in Las Vegas, you were in a situation where a game you kind of had going your way changed when 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 Arizona scored ten straight points. And you needed another score to kind of put it to bed, and you did that. Tonight, I'll be darned, uh, you had this thing up 23-7. to 7. Utah scores 10 straight points. You needed another score to put this one to bed. And you go on a six-minute-plus drive. It ends with a field goal, the points you needed. When you had to have a response in back-to-back weeks now against P5 opponents, you guys have come together and gotten the job done. Yeah, I, 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 I want to find a way to just uh, play at our best and, and end it whenever we can, but... Uh, I'll take the win whenever we, however we can get it. And uh, I was really just pleased with the way our our players respond, their response to everything. Um, you know, I I know that there's a time where people were get could get nervous, and and man, it was really uh, relieving to hear our players and the talk on the sideline and the energy and the excitement to keep this thing rolling and 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 to get the uh, the ball in the end zone or get it a field goal. I mean, that that drive was amazing. Yeah. And and. Uh, you know, it was nice to see the defense make a lot of plays. I mean, that the defense did a great job, and um, I, I was really, really proud of all all three phases of the of of the game. And I think Tuyaki and A Rod and, and and Ed Lamb and the rest of the coaches did an amazing job. And it was just a lot of fun to see. And uh, obviously, there's some things that we want to improve and get better, and and uh, in a hurry because we got another ranked team coming in next week. And really looking forward to that, but also looking forward to learning. Um, and getting better after a win. Coach, uh, I I think about the one game I got uh, in this rivalry, and you were on the other sideline, and uh, all the, you know, what ifs about that game. But it comes, there was a fundamental principle of that, which was like, man, it was it's hard to get anything going when the other team's playing on your side of the ball. Well, tonight, I think for the first time in a while. And of course, you were you know you were instrumental in Utah playing on our side of the ball for all 60 minutes uh, up there in Rice Stadium. But tonight, definitively, it was clear to anybody with half a football brain that uh, be on both off as far as the offensive line, we were pushing them and playing on their side of the ball defensively. And then uh, we spent plenty. Of, we set up camp in their backfield playing on their side of the ball. Is that something that is a mindset? Is it recruiting? Is it technique? How do you get your guys to play that physical brand of football? It's all of the above, and 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 honestly, it's guys that are that are waiting and, and excited for their moment, you know. And we lost when we lost a lot of guys on on O line and D line. Um, I, I think there was this this sense of everyone worried about our O line D line and and losing those guys like Brady and Tristan and and you know Chandon on on O line then losing you know, Kyrus and, and Bracken and Zach on D-line. And then, so I think everyone just assumed that they weren't going to be uh, as, as polished as they are now. And the one thing that they, we are strong, and, and I, I, I we hang our hat on our team getting stronger from in the years past, and that's a lot of development, a lot of hard work. But 
it's the drive that our players have and the sacrifices that they're make, willing to make and understanding their competitive advantages and knowing that this could get them, uh, you know, a step up on, on their competition. And it's just following what, what we have at BYU. And, and so I, I keep trying to, you know, it's never perfect, but you want to keep encouraging our players to, to look at this and look at the things that we have at BYU that makes us unique and different as a strength rather than, a hindrance, and and uh, I love I love the culture on the team. I love the players are accepting and realizing that man, it is a strength, not just on the football field, but in life altogether, and it all comes together. So I mean, these guys are tough kids. They work hard, but I think um, I think they always have something to prove, and let's not lose that attitude and that mentality. Coach, uh, in leading up to the game, in both uh, immediate pregame and kind of throughout the week, you emphasized turnovers, two fourth fourth. Two first quarter turnovers. How big was that in setting the tone for this game? Well, I can't remember. Did we get any points from those? Uh, officially, three. officially, I, I think they they said six, but it felt like three. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we got to get more points off of those turnovers, but maybe maybe we could, we can should score on defense. That would be good too. And I mean that. It's just I, easier that way, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But the, the whole you know everyone's been always talking about the turnover margin and and and. You know, like this the offensive side, like it's their fault. And and I think, Greg, when we talked on the show earlier this week, it was it was like, hey, guys, listen, there's there's two sides to the story. And, and, yeah, we want to take care of the football on offense, but we also want to be aggressive, which we may turn the ball over a little bit. Um, but on defense, we need to get active and create turnovers, and I'm glad we were able to do that. I, I mean, Charlie Brewer has been through a lot of different football games. He's got tons of experience. So it's not like we could throw a lot of things at him that he hasn't seen before, but – we could be we could we could play with high intensity and get after them and as a team and you know they made some plays and and we made some plays but i think i just like the demeanor of the team and and i think this defense with with what tuyaki is doing is going to cause more more havoc and hopefully cause more turnovers for us yeah charlie uh, went over 10,000 career passing yards tonight by the way so yeah he has been around a little bit by the way BYU's now won 16 consecutive games when you're even or plus in the margin and when you have zero turnovers, Kalani, you're all but unbeatable. Your teams are now 17-1 and one when you just don't turn the ball over. And and going back to the Boca Raton Bowl, that's three straight games without a turnover, and you're going to love your chances in those kind of, you know, with, with clean performances like that. Yeah, the, the stats help us. The data's there. And so we, we need to do whatever we can to, to keep winning a turnover margin, creating turnovers on, on defense and special teams and taking care of the football on offense. And, I like our chances, but I also want um, Jaron to feel like he can take some some mm-hmm. risks and, and and not feel like um, you know I, I we saw Zach do some great decision making last year, and I think Jaron's really on top of it. He really took some notes, and all the quarterbacks, him, Baylor, and and, and Jacob, have done a great job at just knowing how to how to run an offense, and and it's because of uh, the example that that um, Zach had, but also the the mentoring and the, and the teaching that A-Rod's doing and and A-Rod's an amazing coach and I I don't think he gets enough credit for what he does for our offense and specifically in the quarterback room and 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 same thing for Ituyaki does a great job on defense and so it was nice for me to take a you know step back and 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 basically cheer for the players and get them positive on the sideline but Mm -hmm. uh, and then allow them to do their thing. Okay, uh, two last things before the break. We'll do another segment with you here in a second. But uh, you were you had no giveaways 
and two takeaways, and you were close to a couple more. There were some tip balls at line of scrimmage that your guys were just this close to bringing in. Uh, you were all over it tonight, and there were a lot of plays near the line that were made as well, so it was a really active night that way. Uh, okay, before the break, this came really, really early in the game, but I have to bring it up now. I said on, I, I said on the air, get yourself a coach who can make fingertip catches on the sidelines. <laughs> Let's talk about that. Hey, the 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 old fullback in me just took <laughs> off, and I just saw the ball, and I'm like, I, I thought that was something that I should probably catch, you know? And um, I don't know. I just I felt a little embarrassed that I did it, and then I did some moves. I, I'm not – they're not really great moves, but I kind of, like, played along with it. After I caught it, I'm like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have done that and try to play it off. I mean – I'm not perfect. I make mistakes. I, I, I probably goof around a little bit on the sideline, but I wanted to let the guys play loose and have fun. I wanted the fans to have fun as well. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll try not to do that. No, no, no. I thought <laughs> he saw, I thought everything about it was great. He talks about the old playing days. He, he saw it into the tuck, too. He didn't just, like, catch it and toss it to a ball boy. He got he it all the way. It. Ball security. Yeah, yeah, he practices what he preaches. <laughs> and it wasn't quite a high step, but he was down the boundary a little bit. That was, that was pretty Trust good. Trust me, now, that's as high of a step you're going to ever <laughs> see from me. <laughs> I kind of like the message it sent, too. Like, you know what? I'm here to have fun. Let's go have some fun tonight, boys. And, exactly. and, and nothing beats the way this one ended, for sure, in terms of fun. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back and some closing comments from the coach Kalani Sitake. This is our Cougar Postgame Coaches Show, the Larry H. Miller Cougar Postgame Coaches Show, brought to you by Larry H. Miller Auto, conveniently located in Provo, Linden, and Orem. Larry H. Miller Auto, driven by you. Back with Kalani after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're listening to the Cougar Postgame Coaches Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. All right, the BYU is a winner over Utah tonight. Our final score is 26-17. Sold out Lavelle Edwards Stadium. And Kalani, maybe just a note about that. I know know, so many of those 64,000 fans ended up on the field, but uh, every seat felt filled, and it was an official sellout. And with the new video boards and, and a home opener, uh, Cougar Nation represented in, in, a, in a great way, and they were rewarded tonight. Man, I love them so much, and, and, and our players love them. It was awesome, the, the energy that they brought to the, to the game, the excitement, and, and um, it, it, there's, there's nothing like it, man. And, and I'm just so honored to, to, to see it. You know, I, I have the best view of from, from where I'm at on the sideline of the game and the fans, and, and uh, so much fun. Just uh, I appreciate all of them. Coach, uh, obviously the players deserve all the credit because they get it done in between, you know, in between the white lines. Uh, but uh, man, I saw some some creativity out of Coach Roderick and the just being absolutely lethal with the QV run game, and then the blitzes uh, that they were dialing up. And it wasn't just forget the sacks; they were forcing the ball out of Brewers' hand early and often. They hardly had any completions down the field. Take a moment and talk about your coordinators and staff and the preparation that they had leading up to this game. Yeah, I, I, I am uh, um, very, very lucky and fortunate to have such wonderful um, men on our staff that, that, that coach our guys and um, promote the, the culture from our school and the mission of our school and our, our program. Um, and, and, you know, they love these, these young men. And so that, that's the one thing that I, I really appreciate, how much they love them and care about them. And... Um, so when you see what A-Rod has done and, and what, what E has done, um, what Ed Lamb has done, I mean, the whole coaching staff done a great job. But 
um, I wanted to honor those guys in the locker room. That's why I, I asked them to dance, you know. And Their mm. dance move's not the best, but hmm. um, I was really excited that, that uh, they just work so hard, man. And, and I'm really, really fortunate to have them on our staff. And I hope hope Cougar Nation, everybody appreciates them as much as I do. Jaron Hall told us that it was his understanding that, that he didn't think you'd been officially given a game ball, and he thought that had to happen tonight. And, and you were awarded the game ball tonight. What did that mean to you in the locker room? Oh, that, that that was special, and and um, you know I didn't expect it, but but uh, it just I I don't know if you understand the type of kid that Jaron is, and the type of guys that we have on our team. They just always thinking of others, and I I'm I I benefit so much from that that they they're always checking on me and and making sure everything's okay. And I mean I'm I'm the guy that's supposed to be doing that for them, and they're always concerned about how I'm feeling how things are going and um I just I'm really thankful for our relationship where uh, our players feel like there's this great connection and camaraderie with the coaching staff and we could collaborate and talk I mean it it starts from what I was able to do with Lavelle when I was able to talk to him and just calling him Lavelle was such a cool thing and I have all these guys it's nice that they can call me by my first name Kalani and it's good that I have a, a, another shiitake on the staff, so they they just can't call me Coach Shiitake. They have to actually call me by my first name, <laughs> and it's what I prefer. I heard it from the fans too, and it's just we feel like there's that great connection. And uh, titles aside, it's just really cool to have that camaraderie with each other. It's really kind of funny you say that because you know nationally there have been a few coaches that uh, take umbrage when someone addresses them as anything other than coach, and and you're not that way. No, neither was Lavelle, and and I mean I I respect him so much that I try to copy as much as I can with him when he when he was my coach, and uh, I, I mean I I try to do as much as I can that like he did. I, obviously, he had great career, and the stadium was named after him. But uh, why wouldn't you look at someone that has that type of success? And his success, Greg, you know, is the connection with people, right? Like, mm-hmm. and and that's something that really was so so impactful in my life. That I, I, if I can have a small part of that, man, I, 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 I that's something that I, I, I cherish. So I, I'm hoping that our players do do have that relationship, with the fans as well. And I just, I just like where I'm at right now. I like where our program is at, and our players, and I just like the exchanges. So I, I don't have anything to to question all the other coaches. They, they do it however they want. But Lavelle told me when when I first got the job. Just be yourself and be as – and what I'm trying to do is be my best self, and I hope I hope it works. Coach, uh, I, I don't mean to, you know, pull this one out of the oven too quick and or to let the enjoyment um, to take away, but uh, I, I'm just excited for the next time I get to watch this team play, which is going to be a fun one against another, you know, legendary coach and Herm Edwards bringing his Arizona State Sun Devils uh, up to Provo. What's the message to the boys or how, how do you get them back to work and not kind of just feeling themselves after what is deservedly, you know, a, a momentous win for this team and this program? How do you get them back to business? Well, we talked about it in, in the locker room that, that our, our culture is love and learn and we have to get better. And we have to learn, and we have to keep loving what we do and who we represent. Um, you know, when we're when we're doing what we do, and, and so that's for us. Um, we need to have a, a huge sense of humility, and um, we'd be thankful that we won the game and, and be excited about that. But it's time to go back to work, man. Just because you win the game doesn't mean that there's not things to fix. And so, what happens normally is when you lose a game. Everything was the was the reason. So you make a mountain out of molehill, 
and you go crazy and you you make it like this one tackles what lost the game and so when you win sometimes you don't you don't correct those things because you overlook it because it's a great win over your rival and and so you may not have the same uh, attempt to fix it and that's not going to work for us uh, our our coaches our players they know that we have to improve and get better and we love improving off after a win but it takes a huge sense of humility and um and hard work to get back at it and we will we will get back at it and the the leaders on our team will not not allow these guys to to let this thing go on any further i mean we want, we're excited we won but the the work starts again we're going to go to church tomorrow and and uh, get to work on monday Kalani, I'm sure that uh, guys who couldn't play last week or guys who got hurt in the game last week all wanted to be a part of tonight's game. And most of those guys got into tonight's game. And some I didn't know that we would see. When I saw Gunnar Romney get hurt and be on crutches, uh, I I didn't think he'd play this week. But there he was, starting the game for you. And then both Nakua brothers get out there and make plays for you. And how gratifying to have almost all hands on deck and see some guys that might have been questionable get out there and, and, and play a role for you and be a part of this great win. Yeah, it just shows, um, you know, I, I think the right decision last week was to take care of the Nakuas and make sure they get to this game. I, I mean, we would have loved to see them in the Vegas game, but sometimes we have to save the players from themselves because they, they're they willing to do whatever it takes for the program and for their fans. And it, it's, it takes, uh, a, you know, the coaching staff to make some tough decisions. And, and we were able to benefit from those guys waiting, guys like Max Tooley and Jackson Kafusi and others that, that didn't play in the first game. But... Um, this game, you know, I think Keenan Ellis is the only one that didn't get to play. But other than that, Gunnar Romney came back and Neil was good. And so it was just nice to have him full strength. I mean, it was it was tough sledding. Utah's got a great team, you know, and, and, and uh, they're ranked for a reason. And so it wasn't really easy. But I like the the mindset of our team. I like the, the mentality of our players. And, um, man, it's just it's just a lot of fun when we were able to do it like that. Well, Kalani, uh, what what what, uh, uh, what a great and wonderful week it's been for Cougar Nation. We had what happened in Vegas seven nights ago. We'll never forget that feeling. And then we had uh, all the buildup and, and the announcement from the Big 12. And you're focused on football at that point, but it was a thing for Cougar Nation. Yesterday meant a lot. And then to follow it up with tonight in a sold-out stadium and a win over Utah ending the run, uh, wow, I, 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 I just know that Cougar Nation – Every member of it can uh, can sleep well and happy and content and, and feel that it's been a special week and that a lot of work over decades went into it and it kind of capped it off tonight. Yeah, it seems like we're going to take advantage of that day of rest tomorrow or today <laughs> or whatever it whatever is. Whatever it yeah. is. But, I, I mean, I just a lot of excitement. Um, great things are happening, and it's because of uh, Cougar Nation and what they represent and, and um, the administration, the school, the students, the faculty, everybody. It's just so much fun. And um, we we want to keep this train rolling, so you know we got to get back to work. Obviously, we're gonna we're gonna have that day of rest tomorrow. But I think there's this this sense of urgency from our team to get better. And and man, I'm I'm just so proud of that because our leaders are taking over. Can I ask you one last thing? When Tyler Algier had that last first down, that meant you could 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 go to victory and 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 run out the clock. What what was it like in your head at that moment? I said he's going to have two tries at it, you know. <laughs> it was third down and and uh we were going to if it was fourth down, we we're going to give it to him again. And so not to give away the game plan or anything <laughs> if that does happen again, but uh I think we can put it on his shoulders and and not just him, but the guys that block for him up front, the O-line, the tight ends, 
the receivers that block for for the running backs. He, he and Lopini had had to make some big time plays and some some guys miss, but man, that that old line doesn't get enough credit. The, the, the tight ends and the receivers blocking downfield, they don't get enough credit for some of the things that they did for Jaron and Tyler to run. Well, it had been a while since BYU been able to take a knee against Utah. And they did after that play to close it out and bring the fans onto the field and, and cap a great night and a great week. And we're so glad that we uh, got to call the game and and uh, and be a part of it with you all. So congratulations once again, and we'll let you give the final word to Cougar Nation before we let you say goodnight. Cougar Nation, love you guys. I hope I hope everybody can be uh, humble in our victory as well. I uh, just want, want to just rem- remind everyone that uh, Utah has been great opponents to us, and they have a wonderful fan base. So let's show them the love uh, and, and appreciation for them. But at the same time, just really thankful for that for all of you and glad that we were able to get the win. And let's keep this thing rolling. We're going to need you guys next week as well. So love you guys. Go Cougs. Well, we appreciate you too, Kalani, here in the booth. Thanks again. Congratulations, and we'll see you next week. Thank you, guys. Great okay. job, Coach. All right. That's Kalani Sitake. And that is tonight's Larry H. Miller. Cougar post-game coaches show brought to you by Larry H. Miller Auto, conveniently located in Provo, Linden, and Orem. Larry H. Miller Auto, driven by you. We will get into Cougar Nation now next. And Cougar, Nation's now, Cougar Nation now is kind of a, I don't know how to describe it r- properly, Riley. It's, it's, a, it's a state of mind, you know. Uh, An institution. Well, I hope we get to that point. In the day, back in the day, it used to be about uh, you know the phone calls and maybe even the emails. And now we've kind of turned it into kind of a social media thing where uh, you can drop us a tweet and see where it takes us. So we asked Cougar Nation to, to throw them at us, throw some tweets at us, whether they're questions, comments, or opinions, and see which ones we kind of latch on to to take us for a ride a little bit. So we'll do that. And you can reach us via the Twitter uh, a couple of ways. You can use the hashtag BYUCNN. That's hashtag BYUCougarNation now. That's one way to do it. Or you can tweet uh, at Greg Rubel. I'll check my feed and get it that way as well. So at Greg Rubel or hashtag BYUCNN. And there are still those who like to use the email and greet us via the email because they can be a little more expansive. They can uh, they can write more. They can say more. They can do more things on the email. And so if you want to do that, I'll check it now and again. And I'll do that using this following email address. It is CougarNationNow at BYU.edu. Cougar Nation now at byu.edu. And that's two N's at the back of that word. Cougar Nation now at byu.edu. So if you want to do the email, that's fine. Most of you will hit the Twitter. If you're still up, I mean, it's quarter to two, right? It's 1.43 in the morning. Greg, I got people on the East Coast texting me about that are still listening to us. You know Cougar Nation never sleeps. I had someone uh, tweet us from Doha Cutter. Now it's later in Later in the day, for them, it's easier probably at this point on Sunday uh, than it is for those on the East Coast. But wherever you are, whether in Qatar or on the East Coast or right here in Utah, hashtag BYUCNN or at Greg Rubel on the Twitter. And we'll continue to relive uh, tonight's victory. Take some of your comments and see where it takes us on the program. It is Cougar Nation now. Mitchell Juergens will join us in the booth shortly. Greg and Riley, until then, Cougars 26 and Utes 17. That's our final score. Yes, we still have to remind you of the score. We've done it a few times, but it's been a while. But, yeah, BYU is a winner tonight. And so the uh, nine-game, 12-year streak is over. Uh, And the Cougars get one back before this rivalry goes on a break again. They'll not play in 2022 or 2023. But when they get back together in 2024, it'll be a pair of P5 programs going head-to-head. All right, the Cougars have opened the season with wins, back-to-back wins over P5 programs. Arizona last week and BYU, or rather, and Utah this week. And we're talking about it on Cougar Nation now, BYU Creamery. Cougar Nation now, next here 
on the new skin BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to the BYU Creamery Cougar Nation now. BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Be a part of the show by emailing your questions to CougarNationNow at BYU.edu or tweet your questions to at Greg Grubel using hashtag BYUCNN. Let's head live to the Built Bar broadcast booth and join Riley Nelson, Mitchell Juergens, and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Grubel. All right, Mitchell Juergens will jump up here shortly. Of course, Mitchell is on the field all game and in the locker room area, press conference area post game. Press conference area post game. It has a lot to do before he heads on up. So uh, once Mitchell has wrapped up down there, he'll be up here. Greg and Riley. In the meantime, this is BYU Creamery Cougar Nation. Now we're going to go to Twitter here in a second. At some point, Jaron Hall is going to throw a pick, but it hasn't happened yet since he's been a BYU quarterback. He now has 104 pass attempts, the first 104 attempts of his career without a pick. Pretty cool. And also BYU at some point is going to give the ball up on offense. They're going to turn the ball over. Someone's going to make a turnover at some point, but. It hasn't happened since the second-to-last game of last year. So no turnovers in the Boca Raton Bowl, no turnovers against Arizona, no turnovers against Utah. So how rare is it that BYU go three straight games without a turnover, do you think? Yeah, I think pretty rare. So I have a database here I keep with me. It's, uh, it's, it's hard copy, and I bring it to every game, and it goes back to 1972. Why 1972? Well, that's the start of the Lavelle, the Lavelle Edwards era, and so I track a lot of things back to when Lavelle started coaching, kind of like the uh, the truly modern era, if you will, of BYU football. Uh, but post-Lavelle, dating back to Lavelle's first season, 1972, BYU had never, ever had three straight games without a turnover until the current streak of three. Wow. You believe that? I was going to say, Greg, like, uh, I can tell you it sure didn't happen while I was here. <laughs> I was always I was always of the belief, in, and, it, I, and I think I kind of, like, played off that because I, wa- I watched a lot of film. I, I was able to get my hands on a lot of Steve stuff, Bosco, Detmer, a lot of Doman film, even some of the Sark stuff from 96. And then the 2010 season, I don't really count that as a U. I mean, how do you count 2010? Was that a split? I, I, yeah. yeah, I mean, I was out the first half of Florida State in the third game, so right. I got two games and change. Okay, now 2011 I count as a U year, yeah, right? And, I, and, and one game you might remember as being a turnover-free game was a really nice one. That was the Hawaii game. Yeah. That, that was turnover-free, but that was the one. They set back in two and two-man the whole game. It was pretty easy to pick apart anyway. That was turnover-free in 2011. Then in 2012, Washington State, no turnovers. Yeah. And New Mexico State, no turnovers in that game. But, again, they were kind of hit and miss here and there, pretty sporadic, but never sequentially, right? And to do it three in a row, granted it spans a season, end of one, start of another, but that's that's a, that's a big deal. And Kalani hit on it. They, they – they are continuing to be aggressive and generate big explosive plays while not turning the football. That was my deal. Is I was I was like, look, I might turn up the, I, I might turn over the ball, but I'm going to be able to overcome it because I'm also going to make big plays, and and at the end of the game, it's going to balance out my favor more times than not. Now that wasn't always true. Sometimes you get behind the eight ball and you can't always generate, you can't count on that big play, and in an effort to try and rebalance it by making a big play, you compound, you know, one turnover and make it two. So. Um, the the most impressive thing to me is not only the lack of turnovers, but they've still been able to produce big plays. Now, these last couple of games probably more on the ground than through the air, 
But who cares whether you get a 20-yard chunk using your legs or you get a 20-yard chunk through the air. I'll take it either way. You're moving the ball down the field and you're putting points up on the scoreboard. And it also means you're fumble-free, too, if you are running it like that. Um, All right, uh, we're going to start off heading to Cougar Nation by bringing in our man at BYU Brochacho. And I'm going to read him word for word. All right, these are his words. Greggy and Riles. I like it. That level of familiarity is what we need right now. If we, if we ever get a two-man talk show somewhere in the world, it'll be Greggy and Riles. He says, Greggy and Riles, any reason they didn't review the Hall touchdown run that you supposedly stepped out on? What did you fellers, he said fellers, what did you fellers see on that play? Well, first of all, I called it a live touchdown, obviously, and, and went nuts. And then I had to call another play that <laughs> after they brought it back, which was kind of a bummer. Um, but what I saw was only one replay and it was on the board, and I didn't get a view, a really good view of his foot. And so I can't say that I saw what the viewers saw at home if they saw more stuff than I did. Um, Riley, your thoughts on it? And, yeah, I thought it might be delayed for a review, and it wasn't, which kind of surprised me. And in fact, BYU actually think that they almost felt like they were tempoing it after yeah. they went back to the ball. So what I saw, I didn't see it live. I, I thought he was off to the races like you did. But here's what I saw. I saw Coach Lamb standing right behind the ref where he spotted the ball, which I think, and, and Coach Lamb normally stands right behind the sticks. Keep in mind, he's not signaling or whatever, but Coach, he's like, uh, you know, you notice Coach Lamb is the one that runs out on the field, you know, to call timeouts, both for offense and defense. So he's like that game manager coach, and I think it happened right in front of him. So the se- and so the fact that he was sent and there was no protestation, he was just letting it. I mean, he was assuming it as fact, and then the second that they got the play call in so quickly and and moved on to me was evidence that yeah you know what he probably had at least half his foot or more out of bounds okay mitch you on the uh on the jaron hall uh td run any thoughts there yeah i wish uh i was on the opposite side okay because i mean it was a long run i was trying to get a good view and and so there was uh, there was nothing i could see i i I agree, though. I was wondering the same thing, why it wasn't reviewed if it was a close call. Um, but I think the issue in what I heard downstairs was that uh, they blew the whistle, so they had to call it dead anyway. Mm. Um, there was there were whistles early, and so once once a whistle's blown, yep. you, it goes back to the spot. But that's it, the best it has you can to do. go back to the spot. So um, I think that was the okay. issue. Mitchell Jorgen, and you know, hearing a whistle tonight is pretty hard to do. Yeah. <laughs> way, oh, my goodness. The way it was. Uh, uh, Mitchell Jurgens has joined us up here in the broadcast booth, Greg and Riley and Mitchell. And as we sit here in the booth, we've got a TV monitor that's on ESPN, and SportsCenter's just gotten to the BYU-Utah highlights right now. And we're just watching the fourth and two that sails incomplete. Of course, the ensuing series, BYU was able to get into victory formation, uh, take a knee, and send the fans out of the stands, and that's what ESPN is showing right now. That's kind of fun to relive, and here they come. So the, the, the field storm is on Sports Center right now. And the great thing about the highlights they just ran was they, they prefaced it with like a 45-second. I was somewhere in that You're somewhere in, in that pile. Pack they there. prefaced it with like a 45-second recap of some of the highlights of this rivalry from over the years. Now Kalani's post-game interview on the field is being played on SportsCenter. So BYU getting some fine national pub on a big weekend for the programming. Shout-out to BYU Football Communications Director Brett Pine, who's in the shot with Kalani on the interview. Uh, Field-level good stuff. So ESPN hey, is uh, running Those guys are big time. It was much smaller, but when we had the 2011 Utah State comeback, there was a smaller contingent that rushed the field. Duff was my personal protector. So Brett served as Kalani's. Duff was mine. Those guys uh, – they're lifesavers. I think Brett. I think Brett was my, Brett was my guy. It, 
against Boise, Boise. State in uh, <laughs> 2015. Yeah, they right. do a good job. I, yeah, I didn't submit it through Twitter, but I seen uh, on there Uriah Leotawa has an A on his jersey. So obviously C is captain. Alternate. I think A is alternate, right? Alternate, alternate yeah. captain. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so I there's four be, offense and, I think, and four defense. And I think from an official standpoint, alternates are allowed to converse. I think with officials on matters of rulings. I think that's a, okay. an, uh, an actual logistical thing. Uh, Justin Clayton uh, tweets in: uh, What's it going to take to get Isaac Rex more involved in the offense? Seems like a no-brainer now that the receivers are starting to gel. He said, I don't think he had a catch today, and it's true. Isaac Rex was held catchless. Of course, last year, phenomenal freshman year for Isaac. And uh, you know, when you're two and zero. It's not like you're, you know, trying to figure things out necessarily that are that are serious problems, but it's a matter of time. And this guy's career is going to be very long. Um, I'm not sweating it too much, and I, I really think that, uh, you know, when you have uh, the kind of weapons BYU does have and the and the op- options they have around the field, it can really come and come from or go to anywhere. And you know, Mason Wake's involved in tight end throws. Dallin Holker's involved in tight end throws. I think there's enough to go around. Yeah, no, I think we saw tonight that it's going to be a week-to-week thing and you have no idea who's going to be the leading receiver leading target getter um, I think this was the most encouraging thing for me to see this week was the amount of options and and really solid options I was very impressed um, watching all of the receivers but you know I've never seen or I don't I haven't watched Puka closely today he I think he could be one of the best route earners we have mm. um, his the comeback that he ran that I mean he lost the DB so quick um, I think he's him he was and open Samson. on that skinny when, when yeah, the guy pulled his jersey, and I think he's going to be a star um, as well as I mean we like you said, Greg. We have so many weapons, and there, there's when you're running the ball as successfully as we did today, there may not be too many targets to go around. But I think it's going to change from week to week, and when the numbers called. Got to be ready. Puka had kind of a hit and miss camp in terms of being able to get reps, and they were bringing him along. And as Kalani said, they felt it really important that Samson and Puka get to this game. And so you hope that, you know, Puka in particular gets out of today without any real setbacks and that he can start to really catch fire a little bit because I think there's a special talent there. Um, you know, there's a reason as many people wanted him, and I, I think it's a, it's a legit thing and, and looks that way um, just early on. Uh, this is a question from uh, Blainer, at Blainer101 on Twitter. And Blainer writes, I may be a little spoiled after watching Zach Wilson last year. How does Jaron Hall compare to Wilson's early starts at this point of his career? Let's go to the former QB, Riley Nelson. Uh, they're, they're different players uh, with different skill sets. And, um, you know, I, I grew up, my mom always used to say con- comparison is the, th- is the thief of joy. And, uh, you know, I, I love that we all love Zach, but Zach's on to bigger and better things. And his, he now owns Sunday. We can all focus on Zach on Sunday. And and uh, it's an unenviable task for anybody to replace a guy who was taken as the second overall pick in the NFL draft and will be starting for the New York Jets here in a few short hours. So um, I, it, without going through, tell you what, uh, that was Blainer. Uh-huh. DM me. I got so, you know maybe we can go have a little film session or something on YouTube or whatever and we can go over some of the things but tonight I don't I don't think there's any uh I don't want to take away from any of Jaron's shine by comparing him to Zach who was a very special player but this win getting this win tonight and leading this team here to end the streak makes Jaron a very special player in his own right. They've gone about it differently um but uh they're both special players. 
Uh, I will say this, and this isn't, you know, Jaron's not his freshman year. He's he's had starts before when they came two years ago. But you, you get the sense that you're seeing a special talent out there on the field. Uh, the way he just managed his rivalry game tonight from start to finish. I think he was uh, exponentially better by the end than he was, you know, in the first few minutes and first few snaps. And uh, I, I think BYU can be nothing but excited about how he's going to carry this team and help lead this team uh, throughout the season. Uh, Bob Siebert on Twitter, using the hashtag BYUCNN, says it is a great time to be a Cougar. Having said that, shout out to all the fans and sponsors who never lost faith in the program. Kalani, Tom, and others who had this vision, all caps, love it, from Bob. Not a lot of fans are going to mention sponsors. I'm somebody that's actually pretty closely connected to the sponsorship effort here at BYU and I work on a team that works 24-7, it seems, on that element of it. And, you know, when, when you are an independent and when COVID does hit, there are a lot of ways that, that, that things can kind of go away, fall away, and really hamper a program for years to come on the sponsorship standpoint. And it hasn't, and it didn't, and it won't because BYU sponsors, and, and we, you know, when I, when I say a sponsorship on the air or I say this is a, uh, you know, a sponsored element. This is a Utah pork producer scoring summary or a Mountain America touchdown. And and those names hopefully do mean something to Cougar Nation because they have been with and stayed with BYU at the most crucial of times and committed, committed massive amounts of resources to, to, to be a part of this program and these broadcasts. And it means something and it has meant something and will mean a lot as BYU goes into the Pac-12, the, the Big 12 era as well. So thank you, Bob, for noting that. And my thank you to all the sponsors whose names I say on the air uh, during our broadcast. And I hope that you do appreciate what they mean uh, to, uh, to everything going on in the athletics program right now. All right, on that note, we'll take a little break. We'll come back and more of BYU Creamery, Cougar Nation now. That is hashtag BYUCNN or at Greg Rubel on Twitter. BYU 26 and Utah 17. 10 wasn't coming. It didn't happen. And isn't it funny that uh, in this rivalry, nine's the number. Uh, Utah's gotten to nine wins in a row twice. BYU's gotten to nine wins in a row once, but it's never gotten to double digits in this great rivalry, and it didn't get there tonight as the Cougs bring it back around before this uh, rivalry takes a two-year hiatus. Final score, 26-17. Cougs win. We're back with more. You're listening to Cougar Nation now on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Here's your host, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Pause 10 seconds for stations to identify themselves at 2 in the morning mountain time on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. All right, so welcome back to Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Greg Grubel, Riley Nelson, and Mitchell Jurgens with you. BYU 26, Utah 17. This is BYU Creamery, Cougar Nation Now. Brought to you by the BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. We'll have some inside scoop trivia coming up for ice cream shortly. Keegs on Twitter says, BYU had to win the turnover battle going into the game, and to top that off with 230 rushing yards tonight was just incredible. So we hit the turnover thing pretty hard and, and realized how key it was and, and reiterate that uh, BYU was turnover-free tonight. 
for the first time in the Utah game since the last time they beat Utah in 2009 when they were turnover free. Between now and 2009, the Cougars had 29 turnovers over nine games against Utah, or minus 15 in the margin. And Utah was averaging a defensive touchdown per game in the rivalry, which is nuts. And so, yeah, turnover battle big. But the rushing yard total, by the way, Keek said it was 230, and it was at one point. They, they, uh, they changed some rushing numbers and brought Tyler under 100 as a result, and BYU goes to 219. But still, 219 against Utah is, is not an insignificant number, Riley. Utah is among the best rush defenses in the country year in and year out. Uh, they've been top half in the Pac-12 for, I think, seven straight seasons in rush defense. You don't get the two bills on Utah without really doing some damage along the line of scrimmage, and that was BYU tonight. Yeah, and uh, it was by design. I think Aaron, I think Coach Roderick was all in on one. You got a workhorse in Tyler Algier. We saw it. I mean, well, I shouldn't say he was all in because we came out, you know, couple frustrating, or I shouldn't say frustrating, but sputtering first drives, and then they do exactly what they do in Arizona, come out six or seven straight runs, it gets the offense rolling, and then he that was the first wave of this rushing attack, and then late second quarter and into the third, they get Jaron involved, he starts ripping off some big plays, who averaged 11.5 yards per carry with a long of 23, and uh, you could tell that was priority number one. I think I think Coach Roddick, I, I wasn't in there. I don't get that privilege. But uh, if he were to write up the keys uh, on the whiteboard in the team meeting room, I'd say number one was no turnovers, and number two would be, you know, establish the run. Mitch? Yeah, no, absolutely. And um, I think, I mean, it was a fabulous game plan. Aaron Roderick called uh, a really good game. One thing, and sorry, kind of to take it, in a little bit different direction. Um, I think what Aaron did so well as well was look at the time of possession. You know, BYU had the ball, um, but not just had the ball for a lot of time. They ran so many more plays than Utah. If I'm if I'm doing the math correctly, it looks like Utah only ran 51 plays. Yep. To me, that's very, very low. Um, just it is a, a low number, yeah. A very low number, and... Bill, Bill uh, Riley tweeted out it was their lowest total since they ran 50 against Cal in 2011. So wow. it's been a decade for them for the, on that front. Yeah, and and I think I mean you can credit the defense right for coming up with some big stops. They didn't um, third down conversions was very poor um, for Utah's offense. But hats off to the BYU offense for everything, just the productivity that they um, were able to produce as the game went on. They almost it looked like BYU got stronger. Every single quarter, um, the first quarter, there were some hesitations there. Didn't people looked tense? People looked um, like they weren't loose, ready to go. But every single quarter that came out, BYU looked stronger and stronger. I think Tyler's last run was one of his most ferocious runs, and it just goes to show you they got stronger. They were hungry for this, and um, just really cool to see. Okay, uh, there's a Mitch tweeting in, not Mitchell Jurgens, but Mitch says, uh, do you think BYU will take Utah's place in the polls or will it take a win against Arizona State before they're ranked? Now that would mean uh, Utah was 21st and yeah. BYU was 38th. That, that, you know, to get into the 25, that's a 13-place leap. And you granted, when you beat a ranked team and you do it on ESPN, in the rivalry game, Big 12 attention, the whole thing, maybe BYU gets more of, of, of a, 
uh, a boost than otherwise, but that would be quite the leap to go from uh, 38th into the poll. But, hey, we see unranked teams get ranked all the time. So It didn't help our case that Arizona got whooped, yeah. whooped by, by San, San Diego, Diego State, State yeah. right, by a yeah. Mountain West team. So. But, the, but the Utah win's legit. I mean, they were seven-point favorites on the road and ranked coming in. So if not there, they'll get close to it. And then at that point, yeah, win over Arizona State. Yeah, they take uh, care of business next week. No-brainer. They, they could very well be top 20 at that point. Speaking of Arizona State, if BYU were to win that game, they'd be 3-0. and Against Pac-12 teams. They're all against Pac-12 no, they're leading the Pac-12. Uh, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> Guys, I want, a ban- I want a Pac-12 South division Hang banner. a banner? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so here's the thing. If BYU were to win next week, the Cougs would be 3-0 and for the second straight season. So you're thinking, well, w- well, how often does that happen? Is that our trivia? Is oh, well, I, I, but, trivia I've already, but, I've, but I've already tweeted it. Oh, darn it. So if anybody's you know been following the feed tonight, they've already got the answer. But here's the answer. You guys don't know it, do you? No. No. The last time BYU opened the season 3-0 and in consecutive seasons. Now, again, we're not putting anything before. Was it 7 So not counting any chickens and no carts before harvests or anything. you still got to beat Arizona State who's ranked it. You know? yeah. But if it happens, I'm just saying, if they were to go 3-0, and how rare would it be that their back-to-back seasons of 3-0 starts? 1951 and 1952. What? All 80s. Back when the Cougars weren't even winning football games. Goodness. That's when it happened. 1951 and 1952 were the last seasons that opened 3-0 and in back-to-back years. Whoa. Right? Whoa. Wow. Yeah. I already gave you a back to 1972 no three straight games with zero turnovers, and they've got that going. So stuff's happening, people. All right. Bonnie Bingham. Bonnie Bingham tweets in, give us the scoop on the unsportsmanlike call, meaning the, the Nakua's call. It seemed that to us that the helmet came off when the player was off the field. He said the missed extra point could have been critical. Great to see Oldroyd out there. That's all true. And it's not necessarily that you're off the field. It's where you are. You have to be in the sideline area. Yeah, so here's the actual rule. All right, so it's, uh, it's Rule 9, Section 2, Article 1, Subsection A, Subsection 1, Subsection F. All right? And it's unsportsmanlike conduct if a player removes their helmet after the ball is dead and before they are in the team area. Yeah. All right. So unless you're in the sideline. 25 group, to the 25. Yeah. So unless you're in the team area, meaning if you're outside the field but in the end zone area, yeah, that, that's a penalty. And that, and that may have been one of the reasons for the penalty. There could have been other things. They could have said drawing attention to yourself. They could have said a few things on that one. But uh, either way, that's the actual interpretation on, on that one. So that's, the, that's how the rule uh, plays out on that. All right, hashtag BYUCNN, hashtag BYUCNN for Cougar Nation. Now, uh, Mike Perkins says, I was really happy to see the defense mix things up and be a little more aggressive. Uh, now, there was a certain aggression level last week in Vegas. Uh, of, of BYU's four sacks last week, three came on six-man pressures. So it's not like they weren't pressing at all. But how did you well, each feel that uh, – uh, how did you each like the way Coach Tuiaki called – tonight's game defensively relative to that element mixing take, up mixing up and aggression take it first Mitch yeah so one of the things that I liked and, and, and I have to go back and of the pressures how many of them came on second down um, or the successful ones because I felt like Utah kept being put in positions for third and longs which made it so much easier it got the crowd amped um, on, on a second down sack for third down and um, I think he had done, he he did it a couple times, but overall, I mean, I love the aggression. I think um, one of the things you know, pregame or watching Brewer from last week, he's a very comfortable pocket passer, 
and in order to make him feel uncomfortable, you've got to put pressure on him. You've got to come. And I thought BYU did a great job. Um, Elisa Tuiaki, I felt like the timing was great in a lot of those situations. And so um, loved the aggression. I think this, you know, we've seen it two games in a row. I think it's going to continue um, as it's proven to be very beneficial. And um, I think we've got the right players in place, the, the defensive backs, I commented on this during the game, but I was impressed with the way that they covered. Um, you know, there there were a few that they got beat on, but um, very far and few between, and they made plays on the ball. So when you have that comfort in the secondary, I think you can be more creative. Um, and so it was really good to see and, and kind of excited to see what the season in, holds for this aggression on the defensive side. So the term that you use for your strategy week to week is the game plan, not the season plan, versus Gunnar Cruz, who I believe was in his first start, that's a quarterback you're betting that he's not going to have the discipline to continue to check, 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 check on down the field. And yeah, he racked up 340 yards passing, but he didn't hurt because they only put the ball in the end zone once, I believe, or t- maybe twice, right? So uh, against a guy like Charlie Brewer, who Greg noted earlier, passed 10,000. Uh, I mean, 10,000, even in a place like BYU, 10,000 passing yards is, is rarefied air, right? So that's not a guy that you can sit back and kind of wait and see what he's going to do. You have to force his hand, and BYU did that beautifully tonight with uh, with um, with pressure. I, it's going to be a different challenge next week. Arizona State's quarterback, Daniels, gets out and run. He's also got a very he, – he also likes to push the ball down the field, got a great deep ball. Um and uh, so it'll be a different challenge and a different strategy to combat that challenge next week. So don't expect, you know, this this BYU team, both offensively and defensively, doesn't say, here's our box, you're fitting into it. They say, all right, what what puzzle piece, you know, is the opponent giving us to it? And then they mold themselves to that to give them the best chance to win. And to me, that's a great recipe for success. Jaron Hall tonight during his conversation with us uh, talked about, hey, you know, I, I was okay. I wasn't great. I got some things to clean up. Uh, but, you know, let, let's also reiterate he was excellent in this kind of game. Uh, zero interceptions, part of a zero turnover night, and he wasn't sacked. And sometimes a sack is as much uh, a quarterback as it is the line in front of him in terms of how he handles what's happening around him. And Utah not only didn't get a takeaway, they didn't get to the quarterback for a sack at any point tonight. And Jaron's a big part of that as well, his ability to keep that number at zero. And so, Riley, um, that's, that's a big part of beating Utah is not, is not retreating or giving them the ball in a place to make uh, start a drive or complete a score, which they've done a lot of against BYU over the years. Yeah, most definitely. And... Uh you mentioned I was a guy I didn't get sacked a lot um but that didn't always mean I was turning those non-sacks into you know into really extra productive plays I I think about that play to Keanu Hill right before the beginning of the first half where and I wasn't coached as much on this I I wish I would have but uh, both Zach and Jaron I think this is you can attribute this to coach Roderick's um, coaching is to extend the play and look for the dagger down the field. Whereas my approach was more like, look, if there's six, eight yards out there for the taking, go get it and avoid a negative play. Keep things positive, um, even if it's small positive. These guys are, hey, listen, avoid the negative, but if you can get a chance at a big play down the field, let's go for that and then maybe a throwaway, so a neutral. And uh, – Anyway, the, both Jaron has executed that beautifully here tonight and even last week as well. Uh, question for Riley from Brock Taylor. 
Uh, it's referencing uh, Jaron and cycling through progressions. He says, what is the process in getting more comfortable cycling through different reads on each play? Yeah, Jaron doesn't get past – a lot of this is play design as well, but uh, he's not getting past one a lot, but that's okay. He's He's been effective. And honestly, Roderick and Fessy and the rest of the staff are dialing up a lot of, you know, hey, we're going one to two to run or or, or one to check down or one to get out of the pocket. So um, it just takes a lot of reps. He's only in his third start. You know, I, I think about my time. I came to BYU having already had seven starts under my belt as a freshman at Utah State and, and felt like that and, and then got to watch Max. And it just comes with volume of reps and familiarity with your guys and where they're going to be and, and a feel through it. But uh, he'll get there. But at the same time, like, what's the honor in getting to the th- – hey, look, guys, I threw it to my check down for four. Like, you know, we, we, we seem to, like, praise these quarterbacks. Oh, they read the whole field. And it's like, well – that's great the dude can throw it three yards to his running back, but can, can he hit the guy uh, on a skinny post, you know, 18 yards, uh, two yards outside the hash before their free safety can get to him? So I'd much rather Jaron be making those completions and big plays down the field than us, you know, praising him for checking it down to the running back. Our man Cougar Chaps at Chaplin Schumann on Twitter uh, wants you both to answer this. He says, Riley, you lived through the drought. What does this victory mean to you? Same thing to Mitch. Your thoughts on what this W means to you. And he says, my 11-year-old son told me earlier tonight that we should light the house on fire if BYU wins. He understands. Smiley face. Well, clearly, we don't encourage any such behavior. But uh, but he speaks metaphorically, I'm sure, that the 11-year-old does. But uh, it's that kind of feelings that this game invokes. Both of you guys, you were part of the drought. Right, it it went over twelve years and nine games, and you guys played in these games and were a part of heartbreaking uh, defeats. To both of you, on a personal standpoint, what did tonight mean to you? We'll start with Mitch. Yeah, I mean personally, yeah, this is. Uh, I mean, we talk about it all the time, right? It's it's a big game. There's obviously an energy, emotion. Um, it, it's almost like you're. Uh, a close friend, a brother, where it's, you've got that sibling rivalry, uh, not, not necessarily rivalry, but um, it, it's just you we're so close in proximity and, and to hear so much about Utah, it's, it's uh, when it doesn't happen, this victory for so long, it just, it just eats at you and then it becomes mental, right? We talked about this a little bit last week where it's almost a mental block that they have to get over and now it almost feels like we've got over the hump I can't wait to see what it entails, right? It almost feels like now the momentum, and nine years means nothing anymore. It's now BYU's momentum. They have the win. They have the victory. And it's going to be, in my mind, very hard for Utah to come back and and come up with a win. And so, yeah. Yeah, and before Riley answers it, and when you just said that, and then I thought the next time they do play, the playing field – on a macro standpoint, will have leveled a little bit too, because yeah. you know BYU BYU just spent a, a decade, you know, on, on the Independence Road, and and Utah just spent a decade building up a program as a P5, and now with BYU going into P5 territory, again, there's the opportunity for this thing to feel more like and act like and 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 play like a true rivalry with more give and take, and not these long stretches, because BYU will be in a similar, if not identical, situation in terms of how they will be able to attract talent and coaching and everything else that is part of being a P5. Yeah, no, Especially in state, Greg. And that's going to lead us to our next question, which we'll give to you after you answer the personal thought question. Well, I just hope uh, it lessens the sting. With each passing year, I think, like, man, I could have chopped. Let's see. So we won in nine, lost 10, 11. So the streak was 
I could have chopped two years off this, right? So we could have only been sitting at seven rather than nine. If only, you know, me and my guys, if only we would have been able to get it done in 2012. And so, I, and, and that sting and that, like, and that, like, burden of the loss just builds year after year while the streak's going. So now that the streak's done, yeah, you were still part of a nine-game losing streak, but it's. It, I'm hoping it feels more like, you know what, the ball just didn't bounce our way that year, but it's okay because this is a rivalry. There's ebbs and flows uh, back and forth. I think one of the hard things, too, is, you know, I have friends and family, you know, big BYU-Utah fans, or BYU fans, and, and even friends that are Utah fans. In preparation for BYU-Utah week, people will go back and watch the entire game, right? And I'm reminded every year like hey that game in 2016 you guys went for two like I can't believe you know you came up just short and and you're reliving those moments all the time those will never go away and so yeah like you mentioned the sting just reoccurs every single year now there's a victory and and there's in this hope and, but it'll and, go from like a jellyfish thing <laughs> to like just you know your run-of-the-mill bee sting hopefully yeah. <laughs> my man Andrew on Twitter Andrew Hare uh, realistically, he asks, how does this win affect recruiting for the next few years within the state and the power balance between these two programs, considering all the legitimacy BYU solidified in the past two days? Utah doesn't recruit Utah, the state of Utah, hard. They don't. They've made it very clear that they're a big Texas. They go to Florida a lot, California, you know, um, now, if there's a high-profile Utah yeah. player, they'll be in the mix every time. Well, and especially especially if they're a front seven player, if they're if they're an interior lineman or they're a front seven, most definitely Covey. But I mean, you look at their skill players like who outside of Covey, who's the last skill player that Utah had as a meaningful contributor? You know, I think maybe Jake Murphy at a lone peak at tight end a few years ago, but even at that, he was part of a group. Anyway, um, it will definitely mean a lot. Rule number one of recruiting is win your home state, and uh, I think this will allow BYU to do two things. One, recruit over Utah. I think they've done a pretty good job of that even recently, but two, be able to keep guys who otherwise would go out of state seeking P5 opportunities to play where Utah might not be a fit for them and stay in state for Utah. And uh, we've proven to have an, uh, heck, Zach Wilson, you know, right here in Draper, Utah, and and Jaron Hall, Spanish Fork. So there's a lot of talented uh, players to go around. By the way, Jaron Hall is the only starting quarterback in FBS from the state of Utah. There you go. Got that going for him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mitch, any thoughts on the recruiting thing? I, I, th- I think the, the, I mean, the Big Twelve means much more than one win tonight will, but uh, you know, I, I think it's also you know something that will be able They're to stick be able to stick recruit players for three years, especially. Yeah. Like, and I said this with Kalani, and I'm sorry, I knew you threw it to Mitch, but especially that it wasn't a fluke. Like I think back to my game, and I'm like, well, gosh, come on, what are the chances that a kicker misses three field goals in the fine, moving five yards forward every time, right? <laughs> so, like that that one felt kind of fluky. This one didn't. It's like, look, Utah, you gave them their best shot, and they absorbed every punch and came back with punches stronger and put you on the map. Yeah, and as far as recruiting, I think I mean looking back just a couple of years, recruiting is on an upward trajectory with BYU. Oh yeah, it's improved every single year. And uh, I think it's only going to continue, right? Whether that's Big Twelve, the, the news about the Big Twelve, I think that'll contribute, obviously. But my, my mind goes to what Kalani's done with the program, 
right? Kalani is becoming a very well-known head coach. What he's doing with BYU is is incredible, and um, the just the way that he goes about this program with love and and inclusion and um, just this brotherhood that isn't matched in other places. I think Kalani's done a fabulous job at at um, um, creating this atmosphere here, and and people want to be a part of it. And so we've seen that inc- improve over the last few years, and I don't see that taking a dip or even plateauing uh, over the next years with the recent news of the Big 12. Whether it's Kalani or Mark Pope, uh, they already cast an appropriately wide net to try and get the best players they think are fits for BYU. And, and they've not been shy about going after people that might people might say, well, that's not, normal, that's not your normal recruiting pool or, or area. But whereas in the past, if a tiebreaker in a competition with Utah was P5 access, that goes out the window. And now you get to go straight head-to-head, asset-for-asset, appeal-to-appeal with recruits. And, and if they're a fit for your school and, and, and in any other way they would pick you, well, they have every reason to pick you now. And there's never that, well, yes, but if I go there, I can be in a P5 play. I can be you know, part of a, a higher-profile program. That part goes away. And I think that part will just be, you know. You know Coaches, I, too. Yeah, true enough. Salary. Right. I mean, again, also, too, you're looking at you can now throw a net. And as, as coaches come and go in this business, if you've got a guy that says, yeah, BYU is my lifestyle, I can work with that, then you can pay that guy more. Yeah, and, he never, it never has to come down with, like, Kalani, man, I love it. BYU is my place. I'm but, sorry. But these guys are one and a half, you know, they're two and a half Xing my income. I can't, I have to take the opportunity. Yeah. Right? That that goes out the window as well. So if you really want to be here, whether you're a player or a coach, if you really want to be here, everything you might get elsewhere you can now get here is the great sell. It's the great sell. Uh, question for Riley here before the break, and then we'll, we'll hit a break. Uh, John Fisher says it feels like, this is his impression here, it says it feels like Jaron Hall seems to complete more passes when he rolls out instead of being in the pocket. Do the stats back that up? And if maybe not stats right now, does perception or does your perception back 100%. that 100%. That's how they got him going. Like he missed he, the first play of the game was a, a little token play action where he was set up, you know, right behind the center and he he couldn't see. And and look, I'm he and I are roughly the same size. I'm, you know, I'm pretty sure we're the same height. I don't know. We haven't stood back to back or whatever. But unless you play from the pocket a lot, it gets hard to be able to pick lanes, find lanes, see guys, throw with faith where maybe you don't have an exact clear view. When you got legs, use them, and it just clears up your vision, and then you can throw with so much more confidence. That is to me how they got the passing game going. Is they got them running around. Think about the touchdown score, the touchdown passes to both Gunnar Romney and Samson Nakua. They were they were short little rollouts inside the twenty, in, like inside the red zone play action inside the red zone. You normally think about play action deep shot, mm-hmm. but play action get him on the move clear up the read for him and let him do what he does he's uh, the problem is, the reason why you can't do that with everybody is most uh, quarterbacks aren't athletic enough to two put stress on the defense when they get outside the pocket or sorry one put stress on the defense when they get outside the pocket and two athletic enough to actually deliver an accurate ball jaron is both you didn't want to compare uh, zach and jaron earlier on a different question but wasn't that Zach Wilson's great strength is when you put him on the move, when you get him out of the pocket, he seemed to, to and his he was tremendous. His, he had a very high completion rate when he was moving around, and Jaron Hall has a similar gift. Um, all right, we do have to head, a, head to a break, but I will put this in before we, uh, before we do. Uh, this is from Josh Freeman, and Josh tweets in tonight, hashtag BYUCNN. I found myself thinking of Mark Lyons tonight. 
and how much I miss hearing him. He says, no offense, Riley. And Riley doesn't None take offense. Taken. None taken. We were talking earlier about Cougar Nation now eventually being an institution. Mark Lyons is an institution. So anyway. So Josh says, I don't know if it would be appropriate, but if you feel like you'd be okay with it, would you mind letting us know how he's doing? Go Cougs. So I'll tell you two things. Uh, one thing is I have in my hand my phone, and I have in, uh, on it a text from Mark Lyons, timestamp 121 this morning. So in the last hour, Mark texted me. All right, So I can tell you that Mark was up watching, and Mark's been up listening. And I'll just tell you, I'll give you Mark's first line of the text. I don't think Mark would mind if I gave you the first line of the text. Greg, my boy, that was fun, exclamation point. Okay, and there's more to it, but that's what you need to hear from Mark. So that's how Mark's doing tonight. And I saw Mark uh, in person just uh, 10 days ago, two weeks ago, here on campus. Uh, He came to the uh, student-athlete building, and I was in the building at the time, and we spent time together and... uh, how, how do you not see Mark Lyons and not just start smiling and feel good and warm? And, uh, and, and he's doing well, looks good, sounds good. Uh, we miss him. Cougar Nation misses him. And yet he's right with you, Cougar Nation. Uh, he was loving it tonight as much as anybody. And he's alive and well and texting at 1.20 in the morning this morning to me. So good stuff. All right, let's take a break. Oh, we, should we get trivia before we break? Yeah. All right. Um, this will come quick. This won't take anybody a ton of time to figure this out. But here we go. Jaron Hall. We're going to call Jaron the man of the hour tonight. Uh, Jaron Hall, and let's first give some ground rules. What we're about to do is give you some trivia, the correct answer to which will win two half gallons of famous BYU Creamery ice cream, but you have to be the first one in with the hashtag BYUCNN. So you must include hashtag BYUCNN and fire it in, and the first one I get on my feed with that hashtag with the correct answer will be the winner. I'm just going to go with it that way. Unless you've won before, in which case I sometimes go, let's give somebody else a chance. But for the most part, that's, the, that's our rule. All right, Jaron Hall is the son of former BYU running back, Kalen Hall. So maybe, maybe some of the younger folks out there don't know that Jaron's a legacy guy. His brother, KJ. Which and, oh, sorry, I, go ahead. I saw KJ at the golf course today. Oh, yeah? Yeah, we ran into each other. Hobble Creek. How'd you play today? Played pretty well. Uh, tell us your score. Shot an 80. See, this is Mitch. Sometimes so. people are just natural athletes, and everything they do, they just do well. Now he's playing from the whites, Greg, don't <laughs> Blacks. <laughs> boy. So you saw KJ today. So uh, Jaron, legacy guy, brother plays, uh, and, and his dad, Kalen. Here's your question. For which Canadian CFL team did Kalen Hall play? For which Canadian CFL team did Kalen Hall play? First correct answer with the hashtag BYUCNN. Wins two half gallons of famous Creamery ice cream. This is BYU Creamery. Cougar Nation now on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's get you back to Cougar Nation now on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Hashtag BYUCNN on Twitter. Trivia time. And I hate when I give the opportunity for, for fans to, to, to be angry, to be peeved, to be upset, to be irked, to be miffed. Um, because somebody's probably going to say, well, wait, she didn't give the full team name. Okay? And my, and my comeback's going to be, yeah, but if you ask for an NFL team and someone says 49ers, well, you know that the San Francisco 49ers. Mm-hmm. Or if someone says Buccaneers, 
you know, it's Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So I think we have to give Christine Garner some slack here. Only if Mitch can tell us, oh, gosh. like, the actual <laughs> – still, we're going to give the mascot. He has to give us the city. No, that's not gonna ha- I don't think it's uh, going to happen. Gonna, yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> so here's the deal. The question was, for which Canadian CFL team did Kalen Hall play? I had to say Canadian because back in the day there, was, there were American teams. And he played a, a little bit for the Las Vegas Posse. He's a Vegas guy. He played for the Las Vegas Posse in the CFL. But they're not Canadian. But the Canadian team he did play for was the Hamilton Tiger Cats. And Christine Garner said Tiger Cats. And so I'm going to give it to her on Tiger Cats. Others came in later because she was first in who said Hamilton. They didn't say Tiger Cats. But she said Tiger Cats. And because there was only one Tiger Cats. Well, Greg, i got to ask you. We just call it a tiger. It's Canadians in their love for thoroughness of language. Yeah, you got lion cats, you got leopard cats, you got panther cats, you got tiger cats. Yeah, it's all kinds. Okay. Yeah, all kinds of different. Good cats. to know. Yeah, yeah. So again, it's asked for Canadian CFL team, and it's it's the Hamilton Tiger Cats. So Christine, having said Tiger Cats, I've got your back, and I'm giving you the ice cream. And everyone else who said Hamilton, um. Just ha- and or, or said Hamilton Tiger Cats the full name has to just realize we have some logic at, at our disposal here. We're using it. I mean, if you just came with Hamilton, uh, how do we know? Are you? Did you just watch? You know the the, the musical? musical on yeah. Disney Plus? Yeah. What are we? Are, are you really into you know revolutionary history? What what's going on here? Exactly right. So after said ever having said all of that, Christine, congratulations! Gosh darn nice it, job, you're, you're our winner. We love you, and we think you did very well. We think you did very well on that one. Okay. All right, so um, that does take us to near the end of the show tonight. I'm not sure we're actually at the end, but we're getting close to the end. And uh, it's 2.36 here in the Mountain Time Zone. Those listening on the East Coast, uh, you know, they may just be staying up all night with us. Maybe they've gone to bed, getting up, and are soon be uh, soon be uh, uh, con- starting their day. But either way, we're glad you've been with us as long as you've been with us tonight and, and hope you enjoyed everything about this 26-17 uh, to 17 game call this evening. And um, man alive, BYU with the win goes to four and one in its last five against P5 teams, four and two in the last six against ranked teams, and all this comes a day after BYU found out it'd be going to the Big Twelve here in a couple seasons. And hey, hey Greg, I don't yeah. mean to diminish it, but like it was brought up a lot, like best weekend for BYU athletic. I mean, come on, uh, and who knows? Maybe they won the national championship. On like a Tuesday, so it wasn't, and so it didn't last. But I mean, I gotta imagine winning the national championship of football's got to be the best. That's a big day, right? But in terms of a week, of, when was of, the bowl game? Like when were when was it announced? Anyway, no, I'm just I'm just kidding. Like uh, it, now, it, now I'm curious when what day of the week that game. It, was it is played. great, and it and it was momentous. But I'm like, come on, man! The national championship is it. That's the pinnacle. I think a really cool moment too. That's I mean, it's not going to be like a uh, a magical week, but when we get our schedule, like a Big Twelve schedule, I think that's going to be pretty cool. How it all unfolds. Hey, uh, I hope you all were with us during post game when Kalani talked about the catch he made uh, in the team area tonight. It was great, and we have a um, a a, t- a tweet in from from Shep, not the Shep, not our Shep, but a Shep who says he thought the catch from Coach Satake set the stage for the game today. It showed how invested he really is 
And I love the stay humble comments as well. What a great role model. I thought the way Kalani responded to our conversation about the catch was great. Yeah. And he was almost like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have done that. But, man, that's Kalani, right? I mean, he's having fun. And, by the way, it was a great catch. At Mitch, the it former wide receiver, that wasn't just like in the bread basket. He had to reach out kind of fingertippy. At his knees, too. That's a hard ball to catch. Got to have some flexibility. Yeah. And he did tuck it away, like, like like Riley said, and, you know, a mini high step. It was fun. And I, I don't know. I, I think it set a good tone. I mean, that, that's who he is, right? And he, what do you say on the postgame show? you got to be who you are. Well, and I don't know if you guys heard from up here, but when they showed the replay on the massive screens we have now, um, the whole the whole stadium erupted when they saw Kalani catch the football. So. Yeah, it was cool. And then his reaction on the postgame show was good, too. And he's like, ah, maybe I shouldn't. Ah, go ahead, do it, man. We love it. Uh, Jimmy on the Twitter, how good is Jaron Hall going to be, he asks, in 23-24 if he stays healthy? Of course, that's the first year, uh, academic year that BYU would be in the Big 12. He said it's fun to think about, and it really is fun to think about, isn't it? Um, when Big 12 play comes along, if Jaron Hall's a part of getting BYU into that schedule, wouldn't that be something? Most definitely, yeah. and uh... – I mean, he's going to win, you know, a Pac-12 division championship here in 2021 if he takes care of business. <laughs> and then uh and then it, so it'll be his second chance to win a, you know, division or conference championship uh, in a P5 conference. I forgot to ask Kalani about the rainfall when it came. It got heavy, heavy, yeah. heavy. And BYU went three and out. It was weird. Like, it was light, and then BYU got the ball on offense, and then it was a downpour. And then they had to punt the ball after the three and out, and then it kind of lightened up again. It was like, was really, is that going to be something in this game where they went nowhere and had trouble moving the ball in the downpour that only happened at that point of the fourth, fourth quarter? It, the rain did a lot of damage in the five-minute downpour. Um, I mean, it was wet enough where, I don't know, if one of the kickoffs that came through, I mean, that ball like on when it lands on wet grass you can see it like kind of sputter spin um it was doing that the that was cool the equipment room they or the the equipment team for BYU they came out and were lined up all the receivers and were ripping out their leather gloves to take off instead of the the sticky gloves because when the sticky gloves get wet it's almost no good right it's worse than not having gloves yeah um they broke out the leather gloves and because it was I mean it was I was soaked my my socks are still wet, and it but yet as quickly as it came, almost it went. It left. It left. Uh, Bruce Jacobs on the Twitter said that uh, he said, but but the rain said reminded him of what happens in movies and books when a curse finally ends. Right, <laughs> the drought is over. It was a drought. We used the word drought a couple times tonight. Well, the downpour, the deluge, was a symbol of the drought coming to an end, and indeed, uh, twelve years of pain and misery. And, uh, and and thirsting for victory have all come to an end amidst the rainfall and so much else of what went down tonight here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. All right, let's uh, maybe do one last swing through a couple of recent tweets, and then uh, we will call it good and get out of here. And I should note, this has been a long broadcast uh, tonight. And by the way, there was uh, someone who tweeted in that did like the way you said, Cougar Nation never sleeps. He thought, 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 thought that was very poignant. No, uh, so Greg, like I, our friends over here, you know, they signed off over about an hour ago. Yeah, the Utah crew's gone. Yeah, the yeah. Utah crew's gone, and by the, that's typical. And uh, but the reality is, 
They they have fan bases that probably listen to the coach game presser or a couple posts, you know, maybe an interview or two, and then they're gone. Like our Cougar Nation cannot get enough of it, at, and especially at the expense of their sleep. Sleep. Since I've been doing this three years, the majority of the kicks have been eight o'clock, and we sit here at one thirty, two, two thirty in the morning, and the tweets continue to roll in, which is and they roll in from all across the world, which is evidence that uh, that statement is true. And at 2.42 in the morning Mountain Time, Olivia Jewell tweets in, thanks for the great post game. We always love listening to the bitter end. Just on cue, that tweet comes in. And in answer to your question. Except it's sweet end tonight. It, true. I, I felt I felt like 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 the uh, Holiday Bowl was was a Friday, but I, but I wasn't 100% <laughs> confident in saying it. And Cougar Stats, at Cougar Stats, he would know this, of course. This is his job. It's his side hustle. It's not his job. It's his, but he says the 1984 bowl win over Michigan was on a Friday. That was a Friday in answer to Riley's question. So it was, it was one of the best. It was a pretty good Friday. But then again, the Big 12 thing happened on a Friday too. So, um, okay, national tra- championship does trump maybe. But I don't Conference know. affiliation. It's, I don't know. It's got to. Let's a, have this debate no. out on Twitter. Maybe Cougar <laughs> stats can moderate. And no, let's, of course uh, it's it fake. But yeah. it's a different era right now. Like back, back when the bowl was won and the, and the title was won, P5 didn't exist, right? It was a different era. Now in, in this era, uh, I think when you go, uh, you know, Pac-12 win on a Saturday at an NFL stadium with 50,000 fans with the fans back in the stands and you follow that with a week of speculation, informed speculation that culminates in a P5 infight and you follow that with Utah win the next day, tough to argue that there hasn't been a more momentous and enjoyable eight days, let's say, in Cougar athletics history. It's been a pretty phenomenal week from start to finish. All right. Wow, I guess we should wrap it up. I mean, this has been a long broadcast. We've been on the air since 6 p.m., so we're 8 hours and 43 minutes into BYU-Utah coverage tonight. (laughs) A win against Utah, that is the air beneath the wings, though. (laughs) It is a work day and then some uh, for, for BYU and its broadcasters tonight, but we could not be any happier than to be with you all the way to now 243 in the morning as at BYU Foam Finger tweets in just now, all caps, sleep is for losers. <laughs> <laughs> and as Derek just says, finally made it home from Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Great game and totally worth it. And we hope that we were part of Derek's commute all the way home after tonight's game. But let's wrap it up at uh, 2.44 in the morning, Mountain Time, on this now Sunday morning after BYU defeats Utah by a score of 26-17 to to win for the first time since 2009 and snap the nine-game losing streak to the Utes. But as we all know, the losing it doesn't go to ten. It's never gone to ten, and it didn't go to ten tonight. Ten wasn't coming. One did come, and hopefully two and three and four but, and more. But this ne- I was going to say, this next one that's coming, this one goes to 11. Yeah. I got to use that on the air with uh, one of our Big 12 radio stations yesterday. They wanted to know what the excitement level was like for the Big 12 announcement. And I said... I said to I said you know I said there was once a great guitar player uh, for the band Spinal Tap, Nigel Tufnell, and in talking about his amplifiers, he said they they don't just go to ten, they go to eleven, or they go to eleven, and that's one more than ten. It's one louder, and the excitement for the Big Twelve was one more than ten yesterday, and maybe it went to twelve tonight. I think with with the with the win over Utah, but either way, it's been a big week and weekend, and we've enjoyed being a part of it with you all. Let's thank our crew, and the crew. Back at BYU Radio consists of engineers, Barry Squires and Sean Fay, and our control board operators, Corbin Radford and Tanner Graff, and our coordinating producer, Terry South, 
and our broadcast intern, Trevor Rich, and our assistant station manager, Sean O'Neill, along with Dane Craig and Don Shaline. And then here we have our broadcast engineer, Michael Wimmer, hitting all the right buttons behind me for eight hours and 45 minutes. And then we have our broadcast interns. They're still here. Oh, they're still here. I turned around, and they're still here. I'm stunned. Bryce Noakes and Alex Dotson were here with us the entire way as well. Our statistician, Ralph Sokolowski. Our spotter, McKay Perry. Our two booth hosts tonight, Ben Bagley and Jason Shepard. Ben handled the uh, pregame and the halftime, and Shep came along after finishing his soccer call and, and took it the rest of the way. So for those guys, that just leaves the guys on the headset. The man to my left. Riley Nelson. And the man to my right. Mitchell Jurgens. Mitch, we can't let you go without having you tell the folks um, how close you were to a round in the 70s today. You said you shot 80 at Hobble. Oh, I did. I three-putted on 18. Mm. So... Your luck got better as the day went along, though. You got to Lavelle Stadium a, and everything. It takes a big man to admit. I did. So maybe maybe not. Maybe struggles during the early part of the day, but it finished great for you, didn't it? It did. It, did. it was a good end of the day, and um, whoever tweeted losers never sleep, <laughs> I'm very excited. When my head hits the pillow, I think I'm going to fall asleep in 30 seconds. <laughs> so for Riley and Mitch, my name is Greg Grubel. Thanking you for tuning in. Once again, our final score is BYU 26 and Utah 17 in front of a sold-out crowd at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. That'll do it. We'll do it again next Saturday night with BYU home to Arizona State. Between now and then, we have a couple of coaches' shows. And follow me on Twitter. We'll stay talking Cougar football all week long. So in the meantime and in between time, this has been BYU football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Good night, so long, and go Cougs from Provo, Utah. You have been listening to live coverage of BYU football on the new skid, BYU Sports Network. Coverage of today's game has been brought to you by Mountain America Credit Union, Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Also by Siegfried and Jensen, helping Utah families for over 30 years. BYU Football is a production of BYU Athletics in association with BYU Broadcasting. Special thanks to BYU President Kevin Worthen, Vice President Keith Borkink, Athletic Director Tom Homo, and General Manager of Corporate Sponsorships Casey Stoffer. BYU Football is an exclusive presentation of the new skin, BYU Sports Network.